Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. What an insane day today. I mean, today has been just absolutely crazy on Capitol Hill because Hunter Biden's trying to play the victim card and he defies a congressional subpoena. He should go to prison now, just like they went after Steve Bannon for doing the exact same thing. But uh, they won't, of course, obviously, because Congress can't do anything except the Department of Justice. And they certainly won't do anything. But... Big revelation by Hunter today. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So, you know, the uh, the thing about this Biden impeachment inquiry, that the vote is underway right now to vote on Biden's impeachment inquiry. That is happening. And Hunter Biden said something today that, uh, because he's an idiot, he said something that probably he should not have said unless he's really trying to get himself out of trouble. And that is that my father was not financially involved in anything, financially involved. So think about it now. We've heard that Joe Biden said he never discussed his business with his idiot son. Uh, We heard Joe Biden say he didn't know anything about his idiot son's business dealings. Now he's not financially involved in the business dealings. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. That's uh, an interesting, interesting comment from Hunter Biden today, because if you think about it, What he's basically saying is, yes, my father was involved, just not financially involved. Now, that's a big deal. That's just think about that for a moment. I mean, that's a big deal. The fact that he came out and said that. So my father's involved. He's just not financially involved. Okay. And in the midst of all of this now, Chairman James Comer actually had to debate a reporter, had to debate a reporter on Capitol Hill today about Hunter Biden. And the reporter kept saying, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. There is plenty of evidence. There is so much evidence evidence around Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. It's crazy. I mean, you, you would have to be just an absolute idiot not to see it. But it's not that they're idiots. It's just that they don't want to acknowledge it. And, and when, and, unless they do when they were trying to get Joe Biden out of the race. So it kind of goes back and forth a little bit. They're a little confused. They're a little kind of bipolar about this whole thing. They don't know if they want to get rid of Joe Biden. They don't want to make it seem like he's corrupt. But at the same time, they know they can use this to possibly get him out of the race. So they're not quite sure how to handle this. In the midst of all this, the United States Supreme Court, by the way, is going to be looking into January 6th and the charges against January 6th prosecutors. 
And this is a very important development in the January 6th, the high holy day of the left, in, in the prosecution of these people who were at the Capitol on January 6th. Many of them who've just been treated as the absolute worst political prisoners ever to face our country. And the justices will decide the scope of obstruction charges central to Trump's January 6th case. That broke a short time ago as well. So there's all kinds of just absolute craziness going on. No question about it in Washington, D.C. So let's begin, shall we, with um, a little bit from Hunter Biden on Capitol Hill. Now, it's a long cut. I'm going to I'm going to jump in and out of this for you and give you my my thoughts on this as I do. If you don't want to hear me interrupt, then please turn to NPR and they will allow the full unedited Hunter Biden version without any political commentary. But of course, if you want to hear good political commentary and analysis of this, then stay right here because I will do it like no one else can. Take a listen. But I'm also here today to correct how the MAGA right has portrayed me for their political purposes. I am first and foremost a son, a father, a brother, and a husband from a loving and supportive family. And a deadbeat dad. I'm proud to have earned degrees from Georgetown University and Yale Law School. I'm proud of my legal career and business career. I'm proud of my time serving on a dozen different boards of directors. And I'm proud of my efforts to forge global business relationships. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they've belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father. Was devoted his All right, let's stop it right there real quick. All right, so you notice it's, it's the same theme, right? MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans again, all right? So it's the extreme crazies are just going after poor Hunter Biden, and they, they, have, they have impugned his recovery and his struggle with addiction and blah, 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 blah. So again, he's trying to paint this as he's the victim, all right? He had his demons and he fought his demons and at times his demons conquered him, but he's overcome. This is nothing to do with Hunter Biden's addictions. Nothing. I mean, you know that. Obviously, everybody knows that. It has nothing to do with that. But when you have highly paid political and public relations operatives craft you statements like that, that's how they're going to sound. Try to distract everybody and say things like, oh, yeah, no, listen, this is this was just my struggle with addiction. Remember I told you back in 2020 when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke and they worked so hard, the unholy triad of the government and big tech and the corporate media to bury it. It was not because of Hunter's addiction. If anything, they would have used that to help Joe Biden, that his son had struggled so much and made all these disgusting videos and pictures with prostitutes and doing drugs. And but he's turned his life around. And the millions of you out there who struggle with addiction or your children struggle with addiction, Joe Biden's going to understand and be a friend to you in the way they would have used it to their advantage. The problem, though, is that it was all the other stuff on the laptop that directly tied Hunter Biden to his father and Burisma and China and Romania and Russia and corruption and the Biden crime family, and it was all there. And that's what they tried to cover up. That's what they needed to cover up. But the same thing that Hunter Biden's doing in the same playbook. It's that all these meanie pants are going after me because of my addiction. My addiction struggles. Does that, how? 
How? How, how is anybody going after you about your addiction or your struggles? Has anybody said Joe Biden's not fit to be president because he had a son who was a drug addict? Has anybody come out and said Joe Biden's not fit for re-election because his son was, it was an absolute insane cocaine user who spent a lot of money on strip clubs and hookers? And if he had just spent money on strip clubs and hookers and didn't pay his taxes on it, I mean, that'd be bad. But it's not that. It's where the money came from. That's the problem. It's the source of the income that he used to pay strippers and hookers. I'm the last guy that's going to judge. So I don't really care what Hunter Biden did with his money. If he evaded the IRS, well, you know what? Listen, (laughs) the IRS is engaged in the biggest uh, criminal enterprise on the planet, stealing our hard-earned money that we make every single day. But it's not that either. It's the fact of where he made the money, how he made his money, and that it then flowed to Joe Biden for his help as the big guy as vice president of the United States of America. All right, let's keep going. Public life to service. For six years, I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. During my battle with addiction, my parents were there for me. They literally saved my life. Great. They helped Good. me in ways that I will never be able to repay. Good. And of course, they would never expect me to. And in the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. There is no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. Stop it right there. There's no evidence that my father wasn't financially involved in my business. Financially involved. What does that mean? Financially involved. Either you're involved or you're not involved. Right? I mean, either you're involved in something or you're not involved. That's, that's, that's the question. You're involved or you're not involved. But the idea that he was not financially involved means that he didn't get a kickback, but he was involved. So he was involved in using his position as vice president of the United States of America to extort Ukraine into firing the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma, which is the company that Hunter Biden was doing all the consulting work for on the board of Burisma being paid a million dollars a year. Right. So he was involved, just not financially involved. He didn't make any money off of it. Now, this is an important distinction here. It's bad. It's bad for Biden because it basically admits that Biden was involved. But what Hunter's trying to do here is to say, but he had nothing financially to do with it. What is the point of saying that? What is the point of saying that, of coming out and saying that right now? What, 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 what do you get from that? What do you gain from that? All it does is hurt your father. All it does is hurt the president because it, it's an acknowledgement that he was involved some way, shape or form. How does it help Hunter, though? Because Hunter's all about helping Hunter at this point. He's not going to go to prison. And he will sing like a canary if he has to, to avoid prison. So is this a, is this a, a, a subtle threat? Like I, I can, I can, I can prove my father was involved financially, but I'm going to say he wasn't involved financially. But if you keep coming after me, that's going to be exposed. 
Is it a subtle threat to the president of the United States and the Department of Justice? Is it a subtle threat? Is it an admission that he's the guilty party here and that Joe Biden had nothing to do with it financially? No, because if Joe Biden was involved as vice president using his office as leverage, it's still a crime. Still a crime. You, you can't sell out your country to help your son. You can't sell out your country to help your son's business. Whether you, whether you took money or not, you can't do those things. You're not allowed to do those things. So if you're vice president and you used your office to help your son make money, whether you got money out of it or not, does not change the fact that you abused your office. And that's the point of this entire thing. The entire thing is that Joe Biden, as vice president, used his leverage as vice president with meetings and phone calls and dinners and everything else to help his idiot son. That's the entire allegation. That's what it's all about. Everybody knows this. As Jonathan Turley points out, and I'll share this with you in a few minutes, there's, there's, there's clear evidence for investigating President Biden. It's all right there. Let's go back to a little bit of Hunter. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith, and their colleagues have distorted the facts by cherry-picking lines from a bank statement, manipulating texts I sent, editing the testimony of my friends and former business partners, and misstating personal information that was stolen from me. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. No matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love, the light of my dad's love for me, and presented it as darkness. Aww. They have no shame. No, and you did when you posed for all those pictures. Uh, let's, let's realize now, again, this is why Joe Biden is so incredibly screwed. Because we know that it's not just about the naked pictures. We know that. Everybody knows that. We know that, but he's still putting it out there that it's this and that the mean, evil Republicans are just being mean to him and being mean to his dad and hurting their relationship. And they just want to go after people with addiction and everything else. That's the argument. Now, why can't he say all these things in a closed or a deposition then? Why? Why can't? Because they would ask him questions that he would have to answer. And he doesn't want to do that. He wants to just give a statement and play the victim card and then run away. Play the statement. Give the statement. Play the victim card. And then run, but drop a bomb and say my dad was not financially involved in my business, financially involved. And maybe he wasn't because maybe the money that got to Joe Biden was so filtered, was so washed that by the time it got to Joe Biden, it was not from his business. Maybe that is a material fact. It doesn't change the fact that Joe Biden got a bribe. It doesn't change the fact that allegedly it doesn't change the fact that Joe Biden used his office to help his son make that money which would then ultimately comes back to him. But maybe it's a material fact. Uh, look, no, none of he was not involved financially in my business. He didn't run the books. He didn't do payroll. He didn't cash the checks. He didn't do it. He was not involved financially in my business. 
I mean, like, like, put, put it this way. Somebody's not involved financially in my business, but I send them a gift of, I don't know, Omaha Steaks or something like that to say thank you. Thanks for all your help and everything like that. They're still not involved in my business. I'm still giving them something though, right? Still giving them a gift. Still giving them something to say thank you. Somebody helps you out, you know? Hey, can you get the prosecutor fired who's looking into the company? It's paying me a million bucks a year while I'm high as a kite and doing strippers. Uh, and this is for your troubles. Is it financial involvement? I mean, I guess it depends on how the money got back to Joe Biden if we're going to play these word games. But we've gone from hearing the president of the United States say he never talked to his son's business. He had no knowledge of his son's business dealings, never talked to him. These are all lies to his son saying he wasn't financially involved. That word right there is everything. That word right there is everything. But this victim game that he's playing, this victim game that the Democrats would have loved to have used in 2020. I'm telling you right now, if they could have, they would have done exactly this in October of 2020. Had Hunter Biden come out and give a speech and say that they are using this laptop against him. And this is horrible because he's 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 dealing with addiction and this is hurting his dad and his dad saved his life. And they would have used this and they would have been he would have been on all the talk shows. He would have been on The View and Oprah, whatever, whatever chatty shows are on these days in the middle of the day. I don't know. I don't watch him. He'd be on all those shows. He'd be on the cover of People and all the, you know, my struggle was real and they'd make him a martyr, but they couldn't because it wasn't just about that. It was obviously about all the financial crimes on the laptop. So instead, they said this is Russian disinformation. They tried to dispute the entire authenticity of the entire thing. Because of how detrimental it is to Joe Biden because of the corruption. Because at the time, they're running this guy as uh, nice Uncle Joe in the basement, hiding away, keeping America safe from COVID and mean tweets. And if they had his image tarnished by everything that was on the laptop, all the revelations of it, well, then that would have been the end of Joe Biden's candidacy. The idea that this guy could be on the hook for Russia and China, Ukraine, Romania, and that this guy might have sold out the United States of America, sold, out, sold, sold this out to our enemies to help his son's business, to help his son's, and then make, potentially make money off of it. I mean, whether Joe Biden did or didn't, and I'm convinced he did make money, if he still used his office to help his son and, and, and used American taxpayer dollars as a bribe to extort Ukraine into firing Viktor Shokin, the prosecutor investigating Burisma, that is still a high crime and misdemeanor, period. It doesn't, it, whether or not he took a dime of it really doesn't change that fact. But we know he took money. It's just a matter of, of how that money was delivered to him. And his admission today, financially, my father was not financially involved, I think speaks volumes here. And what it does now is, of course, it completely, completely shines a light on the White House and says, what did Joe Biden do? How was he involved, if not financially? What was his involvement? Did he get on the phone with those people as vice president? Did he, did he use his leverage? Did, did he allow Hunter to use his leverage? In which case then, all of Joe Biden's past statements that he said, he didn't know about his son's business dealings, he never spoke to his son about his business dealings, all those things then are blown up. They're all blown up right in front of your eyes. He obviously was involved, just not financially involved. But he was involved. So that means that everything Joe Biden ever said regarding his son Hunter and his business was a complete lie. All of it. For years, it was a complete lie. It's very telling what he said today. It really is. Keep going. Oh, 
Hang on. Hang we're on. We're pulling, a, we're pulling a juicy clip. I'm pulling a juicy clip. No problem. We'll come back to No him. matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love. The light of my dad's love for me and presented it as darkness. Darkness. They had no shame. No shame. And you did. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five-year investigation of me. Yet, here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer when you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Now, I'll tell you right now, the reason why they wanted to do a closed-door testimony as a deposition, as uh, Jim Jordan explains, is the same reason that the January 6th committee insisted on doing closed-door depositions. And here's the game that they played. The argument back then, and there's a clip going around of Zoe Lofgren, Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren, a Democrat, saying we have to do depositions beyond closed doors because otherwise, when the cameras are rolling, everybody's giving speeches and we get nothing done and we get nothing accomplished. But don't forget what the January 6th committee did. They took people pleading the fifth, which is your constitutional right, obviously, not to say anything to the government that might incriminate you. They took that and showed that as evidence for the committee and the hearings nationally. And... Did that to say, well, what are they hiding? If Why do they have to plead the fifth? If they didn't do anything, why are they pleading the fifth? So they would take little mashups of those depositions and they would put them out there in a very, very sleazy, sleazy way. I mean, the January 6th committee was not, was not a, an actual hearing. It was not there to get to the facts of anything. It was there to serve a purpose. That purpose was to say Donald Trump was behind this and Donald Trump's unfit to be president, which would be the lead up, of course, to the special counsel's investigation to then ultimately federal charges against Trump and then ultimately trying to block him from being on the ballot. That's been the game. This whole thing's been a game. It's why the January 6th committee was an absolute farce. But Hunter Biden right now saying that he's willing to say to sit there publicly so that we can listen to Democrat after Democrat eat up the time with speeches going on about how awful these Republicans are impugning him over his addiction struggles. We'd get nowhere. Nothing would be accomplished. But he could, if he wanted to, do the closed-door deposition and just say nothing and just plead the fifth. He didn't have to say anything. If he doesn't want to, just sit there and plead the fifth the entire time. Why won't he do that? Why won't he do that? Ask yourself that. All right, 855-839-1210. A lot to get to. A lot of great audio for you. There's breaking news all around. As we speak right now, the House is debating whether or not to go forward with this impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden. Will it pass? I think so. Should it pass? Hell yes. Hunter Biden's admission today that his father was not financially involved in his business speaks volumes. It's everything. It's an admission that his father was involved in his business. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Well, Hunter's daddy's got a lot to answer for, that's for sure. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. All right, let's uh, let's get a little juicy time. Juicy asking Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House fembot, moments ago at the White House press briefing, look, I mean, why not just pardon the guy? Get this over with. Just move on already. And the answer, of course, is because politically it'd be devastating to Joe Biden to do so. Um, but let's see what she says. First briefing since Hunter was indicted again in Los Angeles. Why doesn't President Biden just pardon him? The president, I've been very clear. The president's not going to pardon him. And one more about these, uh, this Ukraine money for border policy uh, negotiations. In the last 24 hours, 10,000 illegal border crossings, southwest border. Would you admit that the border policy, the Biden border policy so far has not worked? What I will say is that we have known for decades, for decades, that the immigration policy is, the immigration system is broken. We've said that over and over again. That has been Republican administration and Democratic administration. That is not unheard of. That is what we have seen for the past couple of decades. The, pre- wait, the president has put forth an immig- immigration, a comprehensive immigration policy legislation uh, on his first day to deal with this issue. Republicans refuse. They refuse to deal with this issue. It's been almost three years since he's All right, so they basically, I mean, here's the thing. The Democrats are still playing the game with the the border. Every time the word border comes up, if you notice, every time the word border is brought out, they immediately switch and pivot to immigration reform. And she actually has to catch herself to say it, but comprehensive immigration reform. Democrats don't want to secure the border. And the only thing they want to have conversations about is the immigration system, meaning how to make more people citizens, how to give more people the ability to be in this country legally. That's the only conversation Democrats want to have. But I'll come back to that. Let's go back to Hunter Biden for a moment. The question, of course, is why? Why? Why would Hunter Biden not show up? Right. Why not show up? Why not sit there? You come to to the to the Capitol, you give a speech about a whiny speech about how you're such a poor little victim. And this is all just about going after you because of your addiction. And they're just trying to make things tough between you and your old man. Oh, and by the way, my dad was not financially involved in my business dealings. Financially involved. Okay. But poor Hunter, he's such a victim and he just needed to give the speech. Why not pop in to the oversight committee hearing while you're there and, and answer their questions? Why not? 
This is there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Don't don't pretend for a second like there is not mountains of evidence here proving that Joe Biden is corrupt. There is so much here. And Jonathan Turley broke this down very, very well in The New York Post when he said the following. He said nearly 70 percent of voters, 40 percent of Democrats believe Biden has acted unlawfully or unethically or both. Yet every Democrat will vote to stop any further inquiry. You want to talk about bipartisanship? You want to scream about bipartisanship? You remember how the Republicans like Mitt Romney and others who crossed the aisle to vote to impeach Donald Trump and they were heroes in the media? The media is not going to come out. The corporate media is not going to come out and and demand that Democrats cross the aisle and look into Joe Biden. They don't have to impeach him, but they can do an inquiry. And if there's nothing there, then what are they worried about? Right. I mean, if if, if Joe Biden didn't do anything, then you're not going to be able to impeach him. There's going to be no evidence found. So what's the problem? What are you worried about? But the fact is that there is a lot to this investigation. There's a lot here. Indeed, what the whistleblowers have said, no question about it. But let's put a couple myths aside for a moment, shall we? Number one, Joe Biden did not benefit from the influence peddling. After years of suppressing the scandal, the media and even some Democrats now admit Hunter Biden and his uncles have long been involved in influence peddling. The United States has led global efforts to criminalize and deter this common form of corruption for years. Recent testimony from Biden associates confirmed they were selling the Biden brand. And Joe Biden regularly called into meetings and met with business associates. The last line of defense has been to argue that while millions may have been sent to Biden family members in raw influence peddling, there is no evidence Joe actually benefited from the money as opposed to his children, his brothers and his grandchildren. But that's a false narrative. It's being repeated all over the place. Not only have payments to children and other family members been viewed as benefits to a defendant, the same is true in impeachments. This would be rejected, this claim that he didn't make any money off this, that only the family members did, and therefore he didn't do anything wrong, would be rejected in actual criminal proceedings, and certainly in an impeachment proceeding as well. He said, during the last judicial impeachment he tried before the Senate, he was the lead counsel, Turley was, and he said, my client, Judge G. Thomas Porteous, had been impeached by the House for, among other things, benefits received by his children, including gifts related to a wedding. You can't use your office to help your family members make money. You can't. I mean, they do it in Jersey all the time, but you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to do that. Even if you didn't personally benefit from it, if you used your office and the influence that that office carries to help your children, help your brothers, help your grandchildren make money, you have broken the law, period. Democrats are again insisting that a complex multi-million dollar influence peddling operation was simply the product of Hunter being a blacked out drug addict for years. But even if Hunter was some addict thinking about only his next fix and his next hooker and how to do blow off a stripper, it only highlights that foreign figures were giving millions for access to his father, not the advice or expertise of his son. Because let's think about it. How could this guy have had time if all day and all night He's high as a kite and he's at strip clubs and he's, 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 he's got all these. How could he? How is he doing his job? He, the answer is he wasn't because the, the only job he had to do was just be Joe Biden's son. That's it. In that sense, he did a great job. That's the only job he really had to do because there's no way you can you can serve on the board of an energy company, get all this stuff done. If you are just so blacked out of your gourd all the time. It proves the fact that there was millions flowing just simply because of the fact that Hunter Biden was Joe Biden's son. And the real job here, the real job he had to do 
was just be Joe Biden's kid and let the old man use his influence when necessary, period. The evidence bellies claims that Hunter was not responsible for these transactions or the underlying influence peddling, but it shows a knowing organized effort with the involvement of his uncles and in some cases his father. The effort to portray Hunter as some purse snatching junkie does not fit the evidence as he flies around the world to meet with corrupt figures and secure millions of dollars. And think about that, too. It wasn't like Hunter was just lying blacked out in a pool of his own vomit in a Vegas hotel room. He did that. And he also passed out in pools and hot tubs and all kinds of places. But he was also flying around the world, doing cocaine in lots of different corners of the world, uh, hiring strippers and hookers in lots of different corners of the world, and also taking millions of dollars at the time. And then that millions of dollars would flow throughout the Biden crime family. But his job, being Joe Biden's son, and then Joe Biden's job, which is to exert his influence when necessary to the benefit of his family, is an absolute crime. Because Joe Biden was involved. He may not have been financially involved, as Hunter's saying, meaning that you can't prove that he made any money off of this, but that doesn't change the fact that he used his influence to help his son and his family members make money, which is a high crime and misdemeanor and is not okay. The House Oversight Committee released new evidence showing payments to the president out of Hunter's business accounts. So we know that the president got paid. The committee used the payments to show these business accounts were being used for personal payments and there was an intermingling of funds. Democrats in the media immediately latched onto the payments where Hunter was allegedly paying back loans to help pay for his truck. So this is the really cute way that they paid Joe Biden. They were repaying him for loans that he made. Oh, loans. Personal loans that he gave his family members for trucks and houses and whatnot. Members told the Ways and Means Committee this was merely a father's love and not anything impeachable. But in fact, it is a cynical effort to focus on a few thousand dollars while ignoring the millions the committee detailed in months of investigations. Democratic members make it sound like the impeachment inquiry is based on a couple of alleged truck payments, and it is not. The truck payments are a handful among dozens of transfers found from these accounts to Hunter or his family members. The point is the proceeds of influence peddling may have been used to pay back the president who was supporting his family members. Now, maybe you can't directly prove that because they were able to launder the money so beautifully, which is why you have to rely on complicated forensic accounting of all this and a complicated forensic investigation. And that's why whistleblowers have come forward to say, hey, listen, man, I do this for a living. Right. I do this. I track down these international money laundering operations and they're very good. And you got to figure out how the money flows. And that's what I do. And guess what? The Department of Justice is not letting me do my job. The IRS is not letting me do my job. I can prove this is here. Same way we've gone after racketeering organizations in the past, international money laundering, racketeering schemes. I can prove it. I know how to do this. It's what I do. It's my job. I've been doing it for decades. Brought down all these notorious international money launderers. And I can do it now, but they won't let me, meaning the Department of Justice and the Internal Revenue Service will not allow those guys to do their job, which is why they came forward to be whistleblowers. And now it's left to to the House of Representatives. It's left to the House Oversight Committee to do the job that the Justice Department and the Internal Revenue Service won't allow its own investigators to do. If Hunter Biden's saying my father was not financially involved in my business, that means he was involved. The question is, can you prove the financial aspect of it? 
And any money that came back to Joe Biden was going to be so laundered, so water washed by that point. It may be difficult to prove unless you allowed people who know how to do their job, do their job. That's why over the summer they were trying to wrap all of these financial crimes into that gun charge and then have the gun diversion agreement make it all go away. And the judge herself was amazed. They'd never seen anything like this before. You're putting federal tax crimes. The idea now that somebody may be acting as, a, as an unregistered foreign agent for the United States of America and, and against the United States of America's interests, and you're going to roll all of this into a gun diversion agreement that I, as the judge, can't do anything about? And it's only because the judge had the, had, had the foresight to, to use a Jedi mind trick on Hunter Biden's legal team to get them to admit that, yeah, you know what, Hunter could still be charged, that the whole thing blew up. Otherwise, it all could have gone away. Here is um, from today's press conference outside of the Capitol building. Here's Jim Comer debating a reporter. Don't you love the corporate media in this country? Here's the chairman of the committee debating a reporter on Capitol Hill about how the reporter's insisting that there's, there's just simply no evidence here that Joe Biden was involved. Cut four. Look, I think every American has a simple question. What did the Bidens do to receive the tens of millions of dollars from our enemies around the world? That's a simple question. But Chairman Comer, do you acknowledge that you haven't answered that question and that you found no evidence of wrongdoing or criminal conduct? We found some very serious evidence that uh, but you look at. No, 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 no. The checks. There's two checks to Joe Biden Those from his brother that retains. the money to give Joe Biden was through influence peddling. One was through Those the American... No, 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 you have to budget. No, 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 listen. listen. Loan repayments no. that we all Where are the loan documents? It, where are the, it, we look, showed you the loan documents. That is... You don't you understand loan documents, of, I do. Okay? If, if I wrote you... If you pay me back $240,000 for a loan repayment, I should have a check going so to you for $240,000. you're accusing Joe Biden's attorneys of... The, the, the law firm that represented a, all the shell companies that, that represented all the shell companies. You think those lawyers have What, what do you think? You're you're defending them. I mean, you're acting mm-hmm. as the criminal defense attorney. That's just a very serious crime. To are, you, are you positive that that money came from Joe Biden? You've written it? Are you positive? No, no. Look, we have a lot of questions. Next question. Debating a reporter over this. And and the chairman's point is great, right? If, I, if, if you're paying me back $250,000 for a loan, Where's the evidence that I gave you the money for the loan? It, it should be very simple, obviously, very simple to prove. Oh, hey, listen, I'm going to repay you that money that I borrowed from you, 250 grand. But there's no record of me actually getting the 250 grand from you as a loan. So then I'm saying it's a loan repayment, but if, I, if there's no loan to repay, how is it a loan repayment? In order for it to be repaid, it has to actually be a loan. You can't repay a loan if nobody loans you the money. And it's not a loan repayment, then it's something else. Then it's a gift, it's a VIG, it's wetting his beak, but it's not a loan repayment. Because a loan repayment requires that somebody actually loans you the money. So where's the money? 855-839-1210, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Listen, my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend, and the master of dental implants. This Christmas season, I want you to think about doing something for yourself. How about giving yourself the gift of a beautiful smile? Because that's what Dr. Mike Venari can deliver for you. Whether it's through dental implants, which are very, very complicated stuff, whether it's cosmetic dentistry, Dr. Mike is the absolute best. And his entire staff delivers for every single patient. And there's great music playing in the office, great people that work there. And if you are contemplating that big, invasive dental procedure and you're nervous, don't be. 
reach out to Dr. Mike Venaria for a second opinion free consultation. You only have one smile. So please trust it with Dr. Venaria. I trust mine with Dr. Venaria. And my whole family does. Mama Zioli first discovered him for us. And of course, my kids go there. My wife goes there. And I go there too. He's been delivering results that surpass expectations and that has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. Remember something. You have a choice, a clear choice to make for you and your family. So give Dr. Venaria a call today. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. He has two locations to serve you right over the bridge in Cinnaminson and Woodbury. Schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020. 856-786-2020 or visit VenariaDental.com. That's V-A-N-A-R-I-A. He's my dentist. He's a great guy and he is the master of dental implants. You deserve a great smile and Dr. Mike will deliver for you. VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. There's a uh, member of the Beach Boys died, Jeffrey Foskett. He was a longtime musician with the Beach Boys. He passed away today, 67 years old. He'd been diagnosed with anaplastic thyroid cancer. So send out a little Beach Boys uh, tunes out there in his honor today. Uh, Jim Jordan just gave a great speech on the floor of the House of Representatives of why this impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden needs to go forward. And Jim Jordan, as always, he um, he makes it very easy to understand. And there's no question in my mind that these dots are all there. You just need to connect them. And the people that are good at connecting those dots, the people that do that for a living, the forensic investigators, the people that track down money launderers, they were not allowed to do their job, period. And that's why they became brave whistleblowers. And normally whistleblowers are looked at as heroes who are risking everything for justice. Of course, in this case, these whistleblowers were completely maligned and they had threats against their family members. They were destroyed, publicly destroyed. Because if a whistleblower comes out against a Democrat, they are they are scum. They come out against a Republican, they're heroes. That's the difference, obviously. But these whistleblowers came out and said, look, we, we know how to do this. We can connect these dots. We can absolutely connect these dots. The, the government is not letting us connect the dots. So here's Jim Jordan. Take a listen. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I thank the gentleman for yielding. This is a story as old as the hills. You got a politician who does certain things. Those actions then benefit his family financially. And then there's an effort to conceal it and sweep it under the rug. The best example is to go back to the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. Four key facts about Hunter Biden's involvement with this company and Joe Biden's involvement. First, Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma. Second, he's not qualified to be on the board of Burisma. Don't take my word for it. He said it himself. Third, he asked... He's asked by the executives of Burisma, can you weigh in with Washington, with D.C. to help alleviate the pressure we are under? Three days later, the vice president of the United States, now President Joe Biden, goes to Ukraine and conditions American tax dollars for Ukraine on the firing of the prosecutor who was applying the pressure to the company Hunter Biden was on the board of. That, that's why we're going with an official impeachment inquiry vote today. That's why this needs to be investigated. There are two resolutions we're considering. Resolution 918 and Resolution 917 incorporated if we pass 918. Three names mentioned in those two resolutions. One name, of course, is Joe Biden, President of the United States. But the other two names in Resolution 917 are two DOJ tax lawyers, Mark Daly and Jack Morgan. Two guys we want to talk to that the Biden Justice Department says we're not going to let you talk to them. 
With this vote, we think we get to talk to those individuals. And here's why it's important. These guys, these two individuals initially said there should be tax felony tax charges for 2014, 2015 in the Hunter Biden investigation. And that's important because those are the years when the bulk of the income from Burisma came to Hunter Biden. They initially said there should be tax char- or, uh, felony tax charges for those years. Then they changed their position. Eight months later, they changed their position. We want to know why. Why did, you do- why did you let the statute of limitations, intentionally let the statute of limitations lapse for those years? My theory is it's one thing to charge Hunter Biden on a gun charge in Delaware. It's another thing to say we're not going to charge. Another thing to charge him on Burisma tax years, because that gets you to Joe Biden. That gets you to the White House. That's why we need this vote. The impeachment power, as the chairman said, is a power that solely resides in the House. When you have a majority of the House of Representatives go on record, that sends a message. We think we get timely participation from the witnesses we need to talk to and the documents Mr. Comer has been seeking. Finally, I would say this about this changing story from the White House, this changing story from the Justice Department. Today, Hunter Biden did a press conference. He was supposed to be in a deposition. He did a press conference. And at that press conference, he said, my father was not financially involved in the business. Well, that's an important qualifier. We haven't heard that. For three years, we haven't heard that. All we've heard is Joe Biden had no involvement. Now his son does a press conference when he's supposed to be being deposed and says he wasn't financially involved. Well, what involvement was it? We know there was phone calls, dinners, and meetings. What involvement was it? That's why we want to ask these questions with important witnesses. That's why this resolution is important. I urge a yes vote. With that, I yield back. Okay. Everything he just said is exactly why this needs to move forward. Because the Department of Justice is blocking the investigation. Because the government's a police state. We live in a police state. And what do police states do? They go after their enemies and they they help their friends. And in this case, now they're covering up for the president. So the only way the truth is going to come out now at this point, since the Department of Justice is doing everything it can to protect President Joe Biden, is for the Congress to do the job that it has in the Constitution and to, and to authorize this impeachment inquiry into the president, period. This is why the Constitution gives the Congress the power of impeachment. Because you cannot have the president or the vice president or other high officials abusing their power and then having the power of, of their office covering it up. And that's exactly what this is. And don't forget something, you know, Donald Trump had to sit behind closed-door testimony for over 40 hours with the Russia collusion nonsense. He did it. He didn't stand outside and pontificate like Hunter Biden did. Well, I mean, he he did, but not just, he didn't just do that. He also did the deposition. He also sat down there like he was supposed to and answered their questions in a deposition. And then he gave speeches. You can do both, but Hunter Biden only chose to do the one. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Big show still to come. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. So will the impeachment vote pass? That is the question. Remember, it's only an inquiry, but will it go forward? I think it will, and I certainly believe it should. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. 
on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It's fired up for Friday, by the way. The Grand Hotel at Cape May, New Jersey, our last show of the year. Let's uh, let's let's end the year right, huh? Let's end it on a bang with a big, big turnout at the Grand Hotel Friday afternoon, three to seven p.m. All right, let's end the year with a bang. It's been a great year for live events at the Grand Hotel, but I want our last show to be the best. So make sure you join us for that. Of all kinds of Christmas fun and surprises and. Who knows Who knows where the show goes when we do live shows? It just kind of goes off the rails. DeSantis, don't forget the Biden puppet, please. You bring my pi- Biden puppet? The Biden puppet is still in my trunk from the last Good. broadcast. It's Good. just waiting to be used. Good. I'm glad it's the only body you have in your trunk, by the way. Well done. <laughs> I didn't say that. He just oh, allegedly. to be in there. Yeah, Alle- yeah allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, all right, good. So we'll have the, the Biden puppet there. Excellent. Maybe by then we could, uh, we could even have him... Sing some Christmas carols for us. <laughs> yeah. That's a good selling point. It's I would... beginning to look a lot like impeachment <laughs> everywhere I go. He should create a Christmas album. We could sell it at the broadcast. Right? I mean, he's got to raise money for his legal defense now, I think. I'm just saying. Uh, I want to thank my friends at Barrett uh, Media. They they are, are wonderful people over there. They do a great job covering talk radio, and uh, they... Also write about the show quite a bit, and I always appreciate that. Barrett News Media, they do daily news, insight, opinion, storytelling. They really bring the media industry to light. And they put out every year their annual list of top talk show hosts in the country based on market size, mid-market or major market. Here in Philadelphia, we are considered a major market. We're a top 10 market. I think we're number, what, five or six in terms of market size in the country. It changes based on population, but... We're at top 10. So today, yesterday, Dom Giordano was named one of the top. Uh, he was number 12 for major market midday host. And today I was honored to receive number 10 for major market afternoon drive host. So the show received accolades today. So thank you. Thank you to Matt DeSancta Traderis and to Henry for all their hard work on the show. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Number 10. And last year, I think we were like at 18 or something like that. So that's good. Yeah, we're moving up. We're moving up in the world. Next, Next year, year, we better crack the top 10 or Barrett is dead to me. <laughs> we got, I feel like that's we got to go top them. five. We should, yeah. we should up our ambition a bit. I better be top five or Barrett News Media is dead to me. <laughs> no, no. Good. No, yeah. that's not. Don't, 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 yeah, threaten no, the voters some more. Side, yeah. Yeah. All of the people that make these votes are dead to me <laughs> if I'm not in the top five next year. No, I'm truly honored. Thank you. It was a it was a wonderful way to start my day to see my uh, see our show on the list today. So thank you for that, Barrett News Media. Thank you very very much, and give them a nice follow on social media if you would at BNM Staff. They cover this industry and they cover the world of media and everything that's going on. So they are definitely a good follow. And many times when I make comments on the air, they'll write articles about it, which is great because they help radio survive. Barrett News Media helps radio survive, and I appreciate that. I really do. Um, And on Thursday, they're going to announce their top 20 national talk radio shows. I'll be looking forward to that. I'm not considered national, even though you, of course, can listen anywhere you are. And whether that is in Ethiopia or Texas, Ohio, Florida, California, Canada, Washington State, Walla Walla, Richard's up there. We We have listeners all over the country, which is very, very cool. And Texas, I mean, it's awesome. And every time you put a Zioli Army shirt on and take a picture on social media, it means the world to us because you are our marketing department. You are all we have. I mean that. You're all we've got. You're all we got. 
And don't forget, you can get your Zealy Army gear on the online store, which they have at talkradio1210wphd.com. Talkradio1210, whatever it is, whatever our website is. What is our website? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know it. 1210wphd.com, I think it is. Let me check. It's just a Google search away. You'll find just, it. Just search away, right? Just do that. Twelve, Yeah, 1210wphd.com. You go there and there's a link to the store right there. The merch, the merch store. And if you, if you get some merch, you know, rock out in your merch. You know what I mean? So, at the Zeoli Army, you can get a hoodie. Get Kelly Green hoodie if you want it. Kelly Green's cool. It's a nice color. It's like the, like the Eagles color. I can't say that for copyright reasons, but it's basically the Eagles color. We just ripped it off. So... <laughs> Don't, don't say that. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, was that on the air? I thought it was off the air. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the Eagles. It's just a cool color of green. Right, which you can wear at the Eagles game because it looks just like their color. <laughs> it does, I don't think it looks anything like the Eagles color. <laughs> the Kelly green? <laughs> to be fair, we, we could talk about any Eagles right now. Right. I didn't say the Philadelphia Eagles, right. although it does bear a striking resemblance to their Kelly green. Sure, let the Eagles ban sue us too. <laughs> Why not? As many lawsuits as, as they can send. Oh, bring it on, Don Henley. Bring it on. Everything can change in a New York minute, so bring it on. <laughs> All right. Focus, shall we, people? Focus. Uh, this whole issue right now of this impeachment inquiry. Here is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez making an idiotic statement. I- I'm sharing this with you because I-, I want you to understand how two things happen in this country all the time, right? So here's the first thing that happens. When Republicans act like Democrats, they are uh, lauded in the corporate media for bipartisanship. And they're told how great it is to cross the aisle for the good of America. You know, if you voted to impeach Donald Trump over January 6th or Russia or Ukraine phone call, whatever it was, uh, you are a brave American putting country over party. Not a single Democrat's going to vote to go forward with this impeachment inquiry. Not not one. And if they did, the media, the corporate media would treat them as traitors. There, there's no bipartisanship when when Democrats want to do something. They all band together. The only time bipartisanship occurs, and it's, it really it angers me, is usually when a Republican, not usually every time, a Republican winds up acting like a Democrat and then votes along with them. And they're a national hero. Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney. I mean, the list goes on and on. AOC comes out and makes this ridiculous, ridiculous statement. And I'll, I'm going to debunk this for you. Here's what she said. Cut number five. That not only is the committee not allowing Hunter Biden to testify publicly, but they have not called a single witness, a single first hand witness to any of their allegations. They haven't allowed anybody to testify publicly because they do not have a single witness to any of their alleged allegations. They don't. And they don't have a single witness, okay? Let's go through the witnesses for a moment, shall we? There's Tony Bobolinsky. Tony Bobolinsky, Hunter's former business partner, who admitted that Joe Biden was the big guy involved in the shady Chinese energy venture and was due for payment, 10% to the big guy. Uh, there was a guy involved in a shady, I'm sorry, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business partner and best friend, who said Hunter put then-Vice President Joe Biden on the speakerphone at least two dozen times during meetings with foreign associates. Multiple highly credible IRS whistleblowers who provided extensive evidence of a cover-up within Biden's Department of Justice. You have bank records, you have emails, you have phone calls, you've got phones, texts, visitor logs, and sworn witness testimony, which all refute Biden's years and years of lies. You could bring 
Joe Biden on the stand. I'm sorry, um, his brother James Biden on the stand. You could bring all of these foreign people on the stand who did business with him. You could subpoena them. I mean, they may not show up, but you could try. But there's plenty of witnesses here. That's the problem is that there's so many people that would love to speak out on this, but they're not allowed to. And then there's people that the government is specifically saying no to those two tax attorneys that Jim Jordan brought up. But remember something, though, all the Democrats are going to say the same thing over and over again. They're just going to repeat themselves ad nauseum. And the corporate media will do what the corporate media does, and they will act like this is just a bunch of Republican wacko extremists, MAGA extremists who just want to go after Joe Biden for revenge for what they did to Donald Trump. And they'll ignore the evidence, except for maybe Catherine Harridge and CBS. That's it. They'll ignore the evidence unless they because even though they want to get Joe Biden out, they don't want to let the Republicans win, if that makes sense. They want Joe Biden to leave the race and they know that this is the way to do it. But they, they can't let Republicans be seen as winning or beating him because Joe Biden's a stubborn old mule and he won't go anywhere. The only way you can convince Joe Biden to get out of the race is if Joe Biden believes that he's already beat Donald Trump. So you have to lie and show him polling numbers that are just completely made up and it doesn't matter. He'll believe him. He may even think he already won. He may already think that the jello that he's having is as inauguration party. It, it, no idea. But. And you have to make Joe Biden believe that bad things are going to come to his family if he stays in this race. But what you can't do is make it seem like the Republicans have won here. But here's Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat minority leader, saying what the corporate media will repeat ad nauseum. Cut number six. What we do know is that there is zero evidence that President Biden has engaged in an impeachable offense. There is zero evidence that President Biden has engaged in any wrongdoing whatsoever. There is zero evidence that President Biden has broken the law. Uh, The Republicans have now reviewed more than 100,000 pages of documents, heard from many witnesses, and they can't find a scintilla of evidence Uh, to justify this impeachment inquiry. A scintilla of evidence. That's your SAT word of the day. A scintilla. Uh, Sure we have. I mean, they have. Sure they have. There's a ton of evidence there. All the whistleblowers have come forward and said it. There's a ton of evidence. There's no evidence from the Department of Justice because the Department of Justice is covering up for the president of the United States of America. I told you this before. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is a butthurt bureaucrat who did not get his hearing for the Supreme Court He has never forgiven the Republicans since, and he is absolutely using his office to punish Republicans and to help his friends. And speaking of that, a judge has just paused Trump's January 6th case amid an appeal to toss it. So a federal judge today, just moments ago, agreed to pause proceedings in former President Trump's election interference case while he appeals a decision rejecting his efforts to toss the case. The decision from Judge Tanya Chutkin automatically stays any further proceedings that would move this case towards trial or impose additional burdens of litigation on the defendant. Trump last week appealed an order from Chutkin that rejected his motion to dismiss the case, likewise asking that she halt activity in the case while his appeal proceeds. The move comes as Trump has argued the court should dismiss the case both on the concept of presidential immunity, which, of course, the Supreme Court has now decided to hear, as well as on constitutional grounds, including the First Amendment. The maneuver by Trump threatens to upend a March 4th trial date and comes after prosecutors have argued the former president is simply using every avenue possible 
to disrupt the case in the hopes of punting the matter before the 2024 election. Well, that's what I'd be doing. That's what anybody should do. Anybody in that position should do the exact same thing. I mean, yeah, you have a right to a speedy trial under the Constitution, but you also have a right to ask the courts to make sure that you do, your due process rights excuse me, are being followed. And if you don't feel like they are, then you have a right to ask a judge. The, the idea that you're going to have a, a speedy trial, that's, that's what the government is obligated to do for you. You're not obligated to give the government a speedy trial. Just understand that. Understand that, which I know you do because you're a very smart person. This will go nowhere. The case, I mean, it, it's still going to go forward against Trump. This is a procedural thing, but I just wanted you to know that. And I'll get into another thing that the court is taking up regarding January 6th in, in a little bit as well. Um, but obviously, there's a, there's, there's a lot of news around Hunter Biden today, just, just a ton of it. Tony Bobulinski himself would make an excellent witness. Just Tony Bobulinski, Hunter's former business partner, would be an excellent witness in this impeachment inquiry. But if Democrats are so convinced that there's not a scintilla of evidence, why are they, why are they obstructing this? Why are they stopping it? Why is the president obstructing it? Why doesn't the president come out and say, look, there's nothing here, but if you want to do this, knock yourself out. And show the American people he's not afraid of it. But he's not doing that. They're trying to stop it. Why? Because there's something there. Look, I know I always tell you that, you know, if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to fear. It's a stupid term, and it is, to justify mass government surveillance of you and all the other things. But that's not what this is. I mean, this is here. There's legitimate evidence of a crime and legitimate evidence of a cover-up by the Department of Justice to keep the investigation of that crime from coming out. And there's no principle here to justify why this should not continue. Because there's just way too much smoke here. There's way too much smoke, and the fire's blazing, and you know it's blazing. Here is um, the House Oversight Committee Chairman James... Actually, you know what? I got got a bunch of other audio, too. Matt DeSantis pulled up for me. Let me pull some of that up for you right now at this moment. Uh, Here we go. Here is Representative Tom Cole on the Biden impeachment inquiry explaining how they're going to proceed. And I love this because he's using exactly what happened, exactly what Democrats did, their playbook, their play, their approach. Take a listen. If my friends are are so confident, again, as one of my colleagues mentioned from the Rules Committee, what are you worried about? It's an investigation. It's open. We hardly talked about what the resolution's about, which is how we're going to proceed. And how are we going to proceed? almost exactly as my friends proceeded in 2019. Their playbook, their play, their approach. If my friends are, are so And they were absolutely again, convinced of- back in 2019 that everybody had to do closed-door depositions. And everybody did. And after January 6th, the high holy day of the left, January 2021, 20, they all, all the people gave closed-door depositions. And when Peter Navarro refused, when... Steve Bannon refused. They were brought up on federal charges. And they were prosecuted for refusing to participate in a closed-door deposition when the Congress asked them to. So Navarro and Bannon were prosecuted, shackled and chained, humiliated. And Devin, I mean, excuse me, Hunter Biden did exactly the same thing today, refusing to go to a deposition, refusing to comply, comply with a legitimate congressional subpoena. And does the the president believe that congressional subpoenas are something that individual citizens can just ignore? It's a suggestion, 
It's not really anything that really should have the force of law behind it. I mean, Congress makes the law, so you would think that Congress, if they ask you to come for a deposition, you should probably go since they are the ones that make the law. And they have made a law that says, if we ask you to come to a deposition, you have to come. And if not, we're going to charge you with obstructing Congress. We're going we're gonna to ask the Justice Department to do it. And then in the case of Bannon and Navarro, they'll go after you and they'll prosecute you. Here is the question that KJP was asked today. The White House Fembot, take a listen. I was setting it up, but you were too busy the, um, chatting with Henry. He spent a lot of time in, in Congress, been around Washington a while. Does he believe that congressional subpoenas are something that individual citizens can ignore? I'm just not going to speak to that. Just not. Why not? Why not? Are you, you want to be more specific yeah, on your question? Know, just, you know, he's a former senator. He's issued subpoenas in his career. Does he believe that I'm just subpoenas gonna, have to be complied with? I'm just going to have you speak to the White House counsel on this. I'm just not going to speak to that. I'm, 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 it's a simple question. If a, if a person gets a subpoena from Congress, should they go? All right, so what riveting things are you two talking about in there? I can't, I can't, I can't wait to hear this. We're all dying to know. No, I didn't. I couldn't find the thing because I have about eight different audio clips pulled up that aren't labeled specifically, and that, of course, is one of them, and I, I just kept clicking the wrong one. He does have a lot up on that. He has a lot up. Yeah. There's, There's a, a lot, lot up right on. now. Yeah. There's a lot up. All right, we'll play something else you got up. What else you got up? All right, well, we have Eric Swalwell, one of my personal favorites. Oh, you do love Eric Swalwell. <laughs> Would you like to hear from him? This is during the impeachment inquiry. I think we, we should, and I should give you that there is a story around Eric Swalwell that Paul Sperry just tweeted out about. But first, let's hear the clip. Does he, does he break wind in this clip, just out of curiosity? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. He does not. Yeah. Okay. That's a disappointment to you and your seven-year-old uh, sense of humor. <laughs> We can play that clip afterwards, though, just to Well, we don't people. really have to, I well, think. Just offer it. I, I think it. I appreciate the offer, though. It's very kind of you to offer. <laughs> very, very kind. All right, here's Swalwell. The only crime is that Joe Biden blew out Donald Trump in the 2020 election. And that's a problem because this place is the largest law firm in D.C. with these lawyers working on behalf of just one client, Donald Trump, at the expense of everything else that matters. But I want to give James Comer some credit, because after 50,000 pages of depositions and secret hearings and closed hearings, I think if we give him enough time, he's going to prove that Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's son. Wow, he's funny. But unlike um, Hunter Biden's daughter, who they pretended was not Hunter Biden's uh, daughter, uh, nobody's doubting that Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's son, you idiot. But Eric Swalwell might be in some trouble. Paul Sperry from Real Clear Investigations tweeted out the following. How sources say that Democrat Representative Eric Swalwell, as a member of the Judiciary Committee, which subpoenaed Hunter Biden, aided and abetted a crime this morning when he worked with Hunter's lawyer, Abby Lowell, to help Hunter flout the subpoena in contempt of Congress. So if that is the case and Swalwell broke the law, he should be kicked out. Much like they did to George Santos. But remember, there are different standards, obviously, for Republicans and Democrats. Look, the president politically is screwed right now. This is bad. This is a bad day for him. Hunter Biden may have got out of testifying today. But when he said that his father was not financially involved, he said it all. And Joe Biden is royally politically screwed. No question about it. A lot more to say on this. But guys, listen, time is ticking here. So if you want to get her something she'll love, something beautiful, something that you're going to love looking at her in, you need to go to pajamagram.com right now 
and order their famous naturally nude pajamas. So good, they sell out every year. Naturally nude pajamas are known for the ultimate in comfort and style. Soft, silky, totally luxurious. Better than lingerie with a curved, caressing fit. And here's the best part. When you order naturally nude pajamas today, you're going to get a free naturally nude nighty. That's a $75 savings on a deluxe two-in-one complete gift. And that's not all. With Pajamagram, you can even add gift packaging. If you ask me, this is one easy holiday gift that is sure to make her happy. Remember when they ask you, tell them we sent you. Go to pajamagram.com today and order the naturally nude pajamas before they're gone. She'll be happy, she'll be comfortable, and she'll look beautiful, and, and you'll, you'll be thought of as a thoughtful guy, and you will love how beautiful they look on her. So everybody wins. Naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com, pajamagram.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Busy day on Capitol Hill today, no question about it. And the Supreme Court of the United States of America has thrown a gigantic monkey wrench into special counsel Jack Smith's plans to put Trump on trial before Super Tuesday. So that's the goal here. That's what they want to have happen. Let me give you the behind the scenes in this. And I don't know this for a fact because I'm certainly not in the room with these people, but they're vile, vile status. And I have no interest in being in the room with them. But I think I have a pretty good sense of figuring out what their playbook is here just from my years of being in politics. And I think it, it goes like this. They, they figured that Trump was the easiest to beat. And they wanted to do everything they possibly could to elevate him to be the GOP frontrunner. It's not lost on them. They see what we see, that every time the government goes after him, his popularity surges. They know that. That's why they go after him. They could have just left the guy alone, right? I mean, they go, it goes back to Mar-a-Lago and they just ignore him, but they can't. And I know some of that, is Trump derangement syndrome, as they call it. I get that. But I think politically speaking, it's more than that. They felt, listen, we beat Trump in 2020. We can do it again. Now, I'm not going to get into that notion of whether Trump was beaten or not. It's irrelevant to the point of, of what their thinking is. They think they beat him. And they think they can do it again, even if they have to cheat. They think they can do it again. So they elevate the guy up to be the front runner status. But then something goes wrong. And what goes wrong is that Biden is a terrible, terrible president. The economy stinks. The world is on fire. And all this is happening on Joe Biden's watch. The border is an open disaster. And Joe Biden is old. And there's nothing wrong with being old. But he's a bad old. He's a bad old. And he can't keep it together. And he can't speak. And everybody sees the, the very, very gradual progression of Joe Biden going to a dark, dark place in his mind. Everybody sees it. What they did not count on is the fact that this time around, Trump will win, and he'll win even if you try to cheat. No matter what, and there's no COVID, and you can't hide Joe Biden in the basement, and this time around, you can't say everybody the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. We know it's real. We know what's on there is real. So you are royally screwed. And that memo that I shared with you yesterday and Friday 
the Democrat pollsters, James Carville's group, finding that people even said Trump is better at protecting democracy than Democrats. So even the narrative that Trump is the next Mussolini and he's going to destroy democracy and be a dictator and never leave office, people are not buying that. Democrat voters are not buying that. And for the first time since the poll was asked during FDR's administration, working people now say the Republican Party better represents them than it represents the Democrats. And that's because the Democrat Party has become the party of the faculty lounge. Elitist faculty lounge members and elites on the coast and has lost touch with really the middle of America and not even that middle. Just anybody who doesn't live in either New York or California or work at a, at a, at a college in the academic faculty lounge. Joe Manchin put it very, very well when he did the Wall Street Journal CEO Summit. And Senator Joe Manchin, who really is, you could say, the last Democrat. If you're going to make a movie called The Last Democrat, it would really be about him, at least on the national stage. I mean, Kirsten Sinema, she's an independent now. She's out. The border situation was enough for her, and she said, I'm done with these people. They're freaking nuts. When people were asked in that poll that James Carville's group did, which party's more extreme? They said the Democrats. Democrats are more extreme. And that's because the Democrat Party surrounded themselves by freaking lunatic nutbags. So obviously, when you've got AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and these other whack jobs out there all the time, people are going to see that and they're going to go, people are freaking nuts. They don't represent me. They don't represent my family and my needs. They're not doing anything for me. They're, they're trying to push a, a, a green energy agenda. It's going to cost me my job, make me pay more, take away more of my freedom. I don't want it. And they're spending and this inflation and this nonstop spending of money in Ukraine. No, thank you. Here's what Joe Manchin said regarding his current status as a Democrat senator in West Virginia. Although until recently, I guess he. Well, the last Democrat to win, really. Cut seven. Well, you um, you also, I believe, made a gridiron joke about being the last Democrat ever to, to come from West Virginia. Do you think that a Democrat will ever win West Virginia? Again? Not in my lifetime. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't see that happening. I think our, cha- our state has changed so much. The D-brand is basically the branding, you know, and people are forced to pick sides. And in West Virginia, they picked a side when they felt the Democrats had left them. It really wasn't for the working people, give them a chance. Overregulated them uh, to the point to where they, they, the whole slogan of war on coal, transition's coming. I mean, you have, to, you have to embrace transition, but make sure there's something to replace what you're transitioning from too. And they never gave them that opportunity. They just said, well, I'm sorry, it's over. And they start giving uh, uh, work extensions. You know, we're going to give you, if you'll train for another. I says, guys, come on. You want to give basically a, a glorified unemployment benefit and, and disguise it as training when there's no jobs that you're training for, okay? You got to have some investments and some industry coming. So I will say with what we have done in the 117th Congress, we've created a lot of opportunity throughout the country. And most of it's going in rural areas where there's a lot of energy and people have had hard times and I think you're going to see a, a revitalization. That's why the economy is kind of held together. No one ever envisioned the type of investments we have coming from all over the world, coming to, to America. <clears throat> the last Democrat elected from West Virginia. I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think the party is, it's no longer the party of working people from West Virginia. You know, guys who, when, when you know the party is actively saying they want to Shut down how you make a living. You know, Hillary Clinton years ago went down to coal country. You know, I know, Bo. Try to put on that fake Southern accent she does. At the time, she had hot sauce in her purse. Remember when she was speaking with black voters? It's such a phony, right? 
The Democrat Party waged the war on coal. Coal is very important to West Virginia's economy. And the Democrats want to destroy it. Joe Biden just said at the COP28 conference, or as people did, no more coal plants. We're shutting them down. We're not building any new ones, and we're going to phase out all the ones we have. So you can't sit here and say this party actually gives a damn about the working men and women in this country when they're literally trying to take their jobs. At the same time, we see cities are on fire. We see the borders wide open. And the vampiric one, Nancy Pelosi, has the audacity of the gall on Andrea Mitchell or Alex Wagner on MSNBC to sit down and, again, another, if, if you don't just give Ukraine whatever it wants, if you don't give Zelensky everything he wants, every dollar forever and ever and ever, you don't have conversations about ceasefire, you don't have conversations about peace talks, nothing. You just have to write checks. You keep writing checks, period. Now, when it comes to Israel, though, which Israel is having the exact same situation where you've got people being raped and children being killed. Well, with that, the White House wants this to be resolved very, very quickly. And the White House is making sure that Israel understands that, of course. We're going to tell you how to fight your war, Israel. But with Ukraine? No, hell no. Hell no. Yeah, you guys keep going, whatever you need. What do you need? Another hundred billion? Ah, we got you. No problem. Cut eight. Cut eight. Ocho. Cut eight. My pleasure, but remember, the longer they take for Ukraine, more people will die, more women will be raped, more children will be kidnapped, and it'll be all on them. We have to get them to move. See? More people will die, more women will be raped, more children will be killed, and it'll be all on them. That's literally what Israel's saying, but when it comes to Israel, it's like, well, screw you guys. See, this is the double standard, but it's also the reason why, because Israel doesn't have the receipts on Joe Biden. Ukraine does. So the Democrats are going to give whatever Ukraine wants. And if anybody stands up and questions it, even if you question whether or not there should be real discussions about, hey, listen, you can't win this. We need to have a conversation here about the fact that the war, this is going to go on for 10 years. And unless we sit down at the table here, this is never going to end. But you can't even have that conversation, of course, because the minute that you suggest that, you are pro-Putin. Right? You want Russia to win, you want Putin to win, and you're hoping that Putin takes over the world and, and conquers Europe, and we're all speaking Ruski. That's what you secretly hope. Here's Hakeem Jeffries, cut nine. Now, with respect to uh, the border issue, uh, it's my view uh, that the administration will continue to proceed and make sure that these discussions uh, are consistent with our values as a nation of immigrants, but also consistent with our values as a nation anchored in the rule of law. If an agreement is reached, do you believe the speaker will put it on the floor? Uh, That remains to be seen because uh, the pro-Putin caucus of the House Republican Conference uh, is extreme, it's loud, and it's growing. The pro-Putin caucus. You see that? The pro-Putin caucus. Uh, Now, nobody is pro-Putin, but that's the talking point. And so if you don't agree to everything that Ukraine wants, if you don't agree to the absolute amount of money, if you have any questions about it, if you have any disagreements with it, if you want any parameters around it, if you want any oversight of it, anything, you want Putin to win. Get it? That's how this works. That's how the game works. It's such a scam. It really is. It's such an absolute scam. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in today. So the question, of course, is has the Supreme Court really done something to throw off Jack Smith's case. So remember I told you that they wanted, they believed that, that Donald Trump was the easiest one to beat. And then 
and they realize now that Donald Trump can win. Now they're trying to rapidly rush this case and get him before a jury, get him before a trial, before Super Tuesday, and then have the other Republicans, the, the establishment class, going out there and saying, look, the guy can't win. He's on trial. Look at this. He's on trial. He, he, he may not be able to be on the ballot. You cannot make this guy your nominee. Get behind Nikki Haley. Pull a Chris Sununo and get behind Nikki Haley. That's what they're hoping for. But when the Supreme Court said we are going to look into Trump's immunity claims and it's given till December 20th for his lawyers to weigh in on this. And now that's that Judge Chutkin has said, yes, we will put the case on hold while these appeals are pending, while the court reviews this question of presidential immunity. That means that they may not meet their March deadline to get Trump on trial before Super Tuesday. And that's exactly what the special counsel wants to do. He wants to do that because he wants people to turn around and say, oh, this is bad. Trump can't win, so I'm going to back somebody else and do it while there's time to do it. Because Trump's lead is so massive in these states. And I told you this yesterday. Even if every Republican drops out but Nikki Haley or but Ron DeSantis, either way, it doesn't matter. Trump still has a double digit lead in California, Michigan, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. I mean, every state you look at, he's got a massive lead in Iowa. Same thing. There's no way to beat him at this point. If the, if the process goes the way it goes, he's winning. He's the nominee. The, the primary is already over. He's the nominee. The only chance is if they can get him on trial before Super Tuesday, this is their thinking, their hope, get him on trial before Super Tuesday and then show everybody this is your candidate. Is this what you want? Is this what you want the party to do? I read something the other day from a, a talk show host, a guy named Steve Deese, and he wrote this whole piece basically saying that America is going to watch this man on trial and America is going to turn around and say, we can't have this guy be our president. He helped aid in a, an insurrection and blah, blah, blah. And so his argument was everybody's got to get behind Ron DeSantis because DeSantis is the only guy. You know. But the problem is that all of these trials and tribulations and charges and everything else are not changing people's loyalty to Trump. If you support him, you double down. If you love the guy, you love him even more. If you can't stand the guy, but you love his policies, you love those policies even more and you want him back and you don't really care. He's indicted. What Jack Smith is hoping for is he's hoping to put this on a show before Super Tuesday to convince Republican primary voters not to vote for him because there's a lot of Republicans they could live with. They could live with Nikki Haley. The swamp is in no danger if Nikki Haley becomes president. The war machine is in no danger. She's all in on Ukraine, all in. They can live with that, but what they cannot live with is the idea that Trump becomes a nominee and then their secret master plan to make sure he's the nominee because he's the easiest one to beat, backfires in their face. And he wins in November, despite all of this. And then he goes in there and he destroys the deep state. Because now it's personal. It's like Jaws to the revenge. This time it's personal. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So Friday's our big show at the Grand Hotel. We're going to go out with a bang and end the year on the high note possible. We have had such great shows there all year long. And I'm grateful to all the hospitality that the Grand Hotel offers us and your chance this Friday to join us for our last show of the year, 3 to 7 p.m. And if you're looking for that perfect holiday gift for your family this year, book a holiday getaway at my happy place, the beautiful oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. They have something for everyone. For the kiddos, book the Grand's Holiday Family Splash Package and enjoy the huge indoor heated pool with a hot tub 
Arcade, delicious food at Hemingway's Restaurant. Holiday splash packages include complimentary breakfast when you stay two or more nights. Stay three or four nights and save 10% off regular rates. Book five or more nights and you'll save 15% off room rates. Valid from December 22nd through December 28th. Or ring in the new year in a grand way when you book the Grand's New Year's Eve package. This package is loaded, including breakfast and dinners all weekend and toasting in 2024 at the main event celebration in the beautiful fifth floor ballroom. There's so much more to the Grand Hotel. The people, uh, the Christmas time is wonderful to be down in Cape May. They go all out for Christmas. The decorations, it's such a great time. So check out GrandHotelCapeMay.com and view all the details and their specials. Always book direct with them to get the best rates. Call 800-257-8550, 800-257-8550, or visit GrandHotelCapeMay.com. I'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All righty, 855-839-1210. The working man has turned around and said, you know what, Democrats don't stand for us anymore. And that is the truth. No question about it. No doubt about it. Can't hide that fact. Uh, John is in Pennsauken, New Jersey. Hello, John. What's going on? John, hey, how are you? Good. How are you, John? Good. What exactly do you mean when you talk about getting rid of the deep state? I mean, do you mean like getting rid of the Department of Education, which created this whole kind of DEI and soup mess that you know killed the Ivy Leagues and all the big schools. Well, what exactly are you? Is is, is did he have a plan? I'd love to know. Simply, or is it just like a big kind of talking point? Well, I mean, eliminating the Department of Education would be outstanding, but I don't think that that's actually what the deep state refers to. But I do think that you should eliminate the Department of Education. There's there's no reason to have it. Right, right. But what is what? How do you say? All right, four years later, mm-hmm. I got rid of these guys. I got rid of this department here. I moved these guys out to Oklahoma. You know, is there like, you know, some plan in place like he did for the judges? You know, he put. He said, "Hey, I'm going to nominate these judges." Boom, and he did it. Well, is there a plan there? Yeah. What so, the, uh, all right. Uh, let me. Let me. I'll, I'll answer your. I'll answer it off air. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, John. The plan is something that the Heritage Foundation has been working on with a number of conservative groups. It's called Project 2025. And in order to, so if you want to smash the deep state, first you got to figure out what it is, right? You got to identify it. And imagine it like this. You've got all these bureaucrats in D.C. They are all empowered and protected. Their jobs are protected. They're empowered and they get away with anything that they want. And even though they're in the executive branch of government, they're not accountable to the president. So they're able to actually undermine the president and his agenda, even though technically they work for the guy. So imagine if your employees at your company every day were trying to undermine you. You're the CEO of the company and you make whatever you make. You make uh, engines, car engines, but you don't make the electric kind. And all the employees at your company every day try to slow down production so that they can wait until there's a mandate that makes those cars illegal. And they're still getting paid to do it. And you're the boss and you can't get rid of them. Their, their jobs are protected and they're undermining you. And imagine that on a scale that also now involves federal law enforcement, the national security state, and you're not giving them what they want, which is they want the war and they want the, the, the growth of their powers for surveillance and everything else. And you're not giving it to them. 
So all these powers that they have, they turn around and use against you. And there's nothing you can do about it because you can't get rid of these people. You can't fire these people. There's no accountability. What Project 2025 is about, it's about restoring the balance of power within the executive branch of government. See, ever since Franklin Delano Roosevelt came around and he massively grew the executive branch of government, you now have thousands and thousands of people who work in the executive branch, tens of thousands of them, in various departments, various bureaucracies. The president, who is the only person in the executive branch of government who is elected by the people. Remember, in the Constitution, the executive, the power of the executive is vested in a president. It's not a president and a bunch of cabinet members and also thousands and thousands of faceless, nameless, unaccountable bureaucrats. It's the president. So take the EPA, for example, or take, you know, take the Department of Education. Because there are deep state, deep state swamp bureaucrats there, too. So imagine it like this. You turn around and you say, hey, look, I want to make sure everybody understands. There's, there's boys and there's girls. There's men and women, and that's my, that's my belief. The American people elect me president. Now I'm president. But the bureaucrats at the Department of Education didn't vote for me, and they don't like that. So they keep undermining even the guy that I appoint to be the, 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 the Secretary of Education for the United States. And they undermine him with all kinds of policy opinions and investigations and doing all the things that are the direct opposite of my agenda. So I call up the secretary one day. I go, hey, what, uh, you know, John, what's going on? How come your Department of Education is doing all these things? And John says to me, Mr. President, I've told him to stop. There's nothing I can do about it. They're all protected. These are political. These are these are these are uh, jobs that are protected under under law. I, I can't do anything. I, I know it's happening. I'm, I'm sorry. I, when it comes to my attention, we, we try to do something. But. And don't forget, too, there's all these other things that these rules that were promulgated by the previous administration that they're they're now enforcing. And they're not laws, they're rules, because that's what the deep state also does. They pass rules. Like, for example, we talked about the big conspiracy theory, how they were going to ban your gas stove. Remember, that was a big conspiracy theory. They're coming for your gas stove. Well, they are coming for your gas stove. And the way they were going to do it was Richard Trumka, the little troll at the Consumer Product Safety Commission, was going to put out a rule. They published this rule in the Federal Register, and after a period of time, a comment period, which you're allowed to weigh in on, they don't give a damn what you have to say, but you can weigh in in the Federal Register, and then that rule has the force of law behind it. Congress didn't pass it. There was no debate on it. They just did it. They do it all the time. The executive branch of government does this all the time. They promulgate rules which have the force of law. In many cases, these rules come with uh, prison time and financial penalties if you don't follow them. You don't even know how many there are. You can't keep track. They actually tried to figure it out one time and they lost count. There's so many rules in the federal rule book now. So let's say another great example. I mean, I, I turn around and I say to the EPA, look, I want you to undo all of these. Give, give me a list of all these rules. I want to I unrule them. They're rules that were made by the previous president. I can unrule them. I'm going to promulgate them away. But all the bureaucrats there in the EPA, they're so hell bent on climate change being the greatest threat, that all they do is use their power as bureaucrats to undermine my goal, which is to get the EPA off your ass and so you can run your business, and they just keep going after people and coming up with new rules and new interpretations and new investigations and busting chops. You turn around, you'd say, that's not the vision the CEO has. But you see, to the left, these bureaucrats are heroes. They're brave heroes who are doing the job that needs to be done in spite of the guy who was elected by the American people. Now, does that make any sense to you? I, I got elected president, right? I'm the president. I'm the one. I'm the only one in Article 2 
That is the executive branch of government. It's me. Everything else flows through me, whether it's the Department of Justice, whether it is the EPA, whether it's education, it all flows through me. If it's part of the executive branch of government, it flows through the president. And these people are undermining me within these various bureaucracies. So naturally, you pick up the phone, you go, I want those guys fired. Sorry, Mr. President, you can't. Their jobs are protected. So you're going to reform that by being able to get rid of these bureaucrats. You're going to be able to train people who go to work in a future administration how to recognize and deal with these bureaucrats, because that is really the deep state. The deep state really is the people who are so embedded in Washington in these big, gigantic buildings that are, are just hideous looking from the you know, bygone era. It just screams bureaucracy, and they can do whatever they want. Undermine the president's agenda. They can go after him. They can investigate him and there's no consequences because the federal Leviathan is so massive. It's so big and you can't, there's no accountability and these people are protected classes. So you have to reform all of that. It's not a matter of just turning around and saying, yeah, smash the deep state. It sounds great, but they actually have a plan. The plan of project 2025 is to, is to take day one on the inauguration day for that president to be able to be empowered to reform the executive branch of government so that the president, the one who's accountable to the people and Congress through the impeachment clause, is able to do the job that he was elected to do and can't be undermined by a bunch of bureaucrats who are so embedded deep in the state that they do whatever they want with their own agenda that is even contrary to the president's. And if they don't like the president, They have all the powers they have to be able to go after him using the very powers we gave them after 9-11 to be able to go after the president and to 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 work and orchestrate a campaign to undermine him, which is what they did with Russia collusion. The forces in the CIA and the FBI and the NSA and all these other three letter and four letter agencies wanted Trump gone. He wasn't going to give them new wars. The defense industrial complex, the military industrial complex wants this stuff. And he doesn't want it, and he's standing in their way, and they created this entire narrative about him being a Russian operative, hoping that they could just grind his presidency to a halt. That's not okay. You shouldn't be able to be, just because you're an FBI agent or a Department of Justice lawyer, you should not be allowed to undermine the president of the United States of America because you don't like the guy. That's not how this is supposed to work. That's what Project 2025 is going to do. So, no, it's not just a talking point. It is serious reforms of the executive branch of government. Long overdue to try to make up for the sins of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And there were many, many. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Your calls are next. We've got 30 minutes of nonstop talk for you. The latest on Hunter Biden. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHD-HD-WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 530 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Well, Republicans are now threatening to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. They should. The debate is going on right now about a potential 
impeachment inquiry into the president of the United States as Hunter Biden defied Congress today and instead gave a speech playing the victim card. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And here's the thing. The White House knew Hunter Biden was going to defy the congressional subpoena. They knew this because Corrine Jean-Pierre today came out and said that the president knew what his son was going to say. So now think about this now. The president of the United States knew his son was going to defy a congressional subpoena to testify, to do a de- deposition. The president knew this ahead of time. This is what Corrine Jean-Pierre said today. Take a listen. <laughs> Look, um, I don't have anything else to add. The president was familiar with what um, Hunter was going to say today. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, look, he's proud of his son. He and the first lady are proud of his son, how he's rebuilding his life back. He's gonna focus on what is needed on the American people. Hunter, and I've said this many times, is a private citizen. And so certainly I would have to refer you to um, uh, to his representatives. I'm just not going to get into private conversations because what you're asking me is actually a private conversation. I'm so he knew. He knew his son was going to defy the, the subpoena by Congress today. There you go. Uh, Wild Bill's in West Grove. Hello, Wild Bill. How are you? Hey, Rich. How are you doing? Good, buddy. That's good. Um, I'll start with Nikki the neocon. Um, when it wasn't fashionable in the days gone by to vote for a woman president, I would have voted for Gene Kirkpatrick any day of the week. Um, and Nikki is no Gene Kirkpatrick. Um, on the topic of Hakeem Jeffries, I've noticed over the past four months he's changed his cadence of speech to try to sound a lot like Barack Obama. Maybe my imagination, I don't know, but I just pick those things up from time to time. But it's nice to speak with you. I wanted to wish you happy holidays again for you, the family, and the staff there. And Merry Christmas, man. Well, Merry Christmas, Wild Bill. Same to you, buddy. Thank you very much. Have a great day, and thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate it. Always do, man. See you later. All right, you bet. Um, quick question for you, Matt DeSantis, as the executive producer of the show. Is the Cape May event on Friday a no whites event? What is what? No white people. I, I don't think so. Oh, no? I think anybody can come regardless of skin color. Oh. Why? <laughs> well, it turns out Boston Mayor Michelle Wu... Uh, had a holiday party specifically for, quote, electeds of color. (laughs) And electeds of color, and that was what the party was. So white people were not supposed to receive an invite. She sent it to everybody by mistake. So even white people got it. And they apologized because the white people were not supposed to get an invite to the party. So they said, I did send that to everyone by accident, and I apologize in my email. If you have been been offended or came across as so, sorry for any confusion this may have caused. Boston City Council is comprised of six minority and seven white members. The revelation of the secret no whites holiday party drew some backlash and sent social media a flutter. City Councilor Frank Baker, a white Democrat, bashed the move as unfortunate and divisive, but stressed it didn't affect him personally. I don't really get offended too easily, he said. To offend me, you're going to have to do much more than not invite me to a party. I find it unfortunate that with the temperature the way it is, that we would further that division. 
This was the um, the invite here that I have in my formerly pangolin-stained fingers. Mayor Wu, the mayor of Boston, invited only electeds of color to a holiday party. The email was mistakenly sent to all city council members, including the white ones. Honorable members, on behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you and a guest to the electeds of color holiday party on Wednesday, December 13th, 5.30 p.m. at the Parkman House, 33 Beacon Street. Please let me know if you plan to attend and if you have any dietary restrictions, which I'm sure they all do. There you go. Unlike that, our our event on Friday is open to everyone. So if you want to join us in Cape May, you are welcome no matter what. Whose husband is white? The mayor of Boston? Yeah, Michelle Wu. So, so they, she was this all about just keeping your husband out I, I away? Think, I, I think this isn't a conspiracy theory. I think it's probably true that she just wanted to have a party without her husband and this is the way to do it she said how do i make sure my husband stops coming to holiday parties why don't you have a a a, a electeds of color party and no whites allowed oh that's perfect and i go home and say i'm sorry honey but your kind is not welcome (laughs) it has to be what she was doing right obviously because to imagine the year 2023 in america that we would still segregate Holiday parties based on race sounds to me a bit backwards, does it not? Uh, it sounds a lot backwards, right? So clearly, this was just a plan to be, for the mayor to be able to get bombed and maybe hook up with somebody that <laughs> night and just go wild and go crazy. Be like, you know, I get into these Christmas parties, the punch, photocopy my rear end, and I don't want my husband seeing any of it. So how do we get him to stay home? Guy comes to everything. What if you ban white people? Oh, that's a brilliant idea. We're Democrats. We can do that stuff, right? Yeah, hell yeah, we can. Great. Electeds of color. You must show your skin color before being allowed into the party. They got like a sheet of paper that they measure the color again. I also think that she, she has two kids, it looks like. Probably doesn't want them at the, the party either. No, and, and, and for, for that night at least they're white. You know what I'm saying? Well, they, no, I'm, I'm saying like if the husband is staying home, yeah. might as well leave the kids at home. Well, I don't too. think the kids were ever invited to the holiday party anyway. Who the hell wants to bring your kids to a party? <laughs> I don't know. Kids go to holiday parties all the time. They're annoying. Well, you should not bring children to, a, to, a, to an office Christmas party. Especially not a racist one. Not a racist Christmas party either. Um, but by the way, next door, the Klan is having their whites only Christmas party, so works out well. <laughs> So congratulations, Michelle Wu. You That's horrible. <laughs> have pulled something out that is timing. absolutely brilliant. Let discrimination and segregation reign free in Boston in the year 2023. Amazing. Uh, all right, 855-839-1210 is the number. Uh, speaking of whack jobs, this is a crazy member of Congress named Jasmine Crockett, Democrat from Texas. She called Republicans this uh, shortly outside the U.S. Capitol today. Take a listen. And right now we know that they are continually trying to tear us down from within. When we swore our oath, we swore our oath to protect against enemies, foreign and domestic. And let me tell you something, those of us that serve on oversight, especially those of us that are specifically Democrats, I feel like we are constantly fighting domestic enemies and no one should feel that way. The American people should be outraged right now. Outraged. Outraged. So Republicans are domestic enemies. How's that for bipartisanship, huh? The same whack job Democrat Representative Jasmine Crockett at one point fantasized about going to another country 
She was on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God, cut 18. It's, it's mm-hmm. more so the angst that got me into politics. Mm-hmm. It was the fear. I remember when Trump got elected, I was researching what it would take for me to get my dual citizenship between the United States and, and Canada. Because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to need to get up and out of here. What do you think I've been doing the past year? What have I been saying in this room for mm-hmm. the longest? I mean, I, That's exa- I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I I'm not either. I already know what's about to go. No, 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 no. I'm not either. I mean, that was... That was a fear moment for me. And a number mm-hmm. of my colleagues, especially in my current class, were like, that's when they got engaged and was like, wait a minute. Ain't nobody coming to save us. I'm going to have to step up and save us. By, by running to Canada. So you could be around the bastard love child of Fidel Castro. That makes a lot of sense. And by the way, Oh, it does what? not make any sense. Because obviously, Justin Trudeau is the son of Pierre Trudeau. So I don't even understand why you would make a connection to, to Cuba. Allegedly. I guarantee you now, 100% of the Zioli army, every time they go to a restaurant and there's a Cuban sandwich on the menu, they think of Justin Trudeau. 100%. They will now. Uh, Absolutely. I love a good Cuban sandwich. You know, they're pressed. You got the ham and the cheese, the pickles, the mustard, right? They're good. They're great. If you have the right bread and you don't do ciabatta bread for that, that. you do not use that elitist buttery bun. Got to do it right. You press it nice. And I guarantee wherever you are, you see either Cuban coffee or a Cuban sandwich on the menu. The first thing you think of is Justin Trudeau because of me. It will be now. It absolutely will be the first thing that comes to mind. Right. Moving forward. Yes. Justin's having a Cubans only Christmas party. And he's the only one going. Not many up there in Canada. <laughs> so there's that. Um. Let me share with you, I, I played this earlier in the show, but I think it's worth repeating uh, in the sense of kind of to understand what the, is happening right now. Uh, Hunter Biden, <laughs> excuse me, did not go to the deposition today. Pardon me, get a little cough, but not contagious. Don't worry. Just allergies. Uh, did not go to the deposition today. He instead gave a big speech, played the victim card, went on about MAGA Republicans, and he said the magic words of my father was not financially involved in my business. So whether or not, and again, I just want to make this point clear. I don't believe that for a second. I think Joe Biden was absolutely making money in Hunter's business. But let's also understand that does not negate the fact that he abused his office if he helped his family members make money. Even if Joe Biden did not take any money personally, and I do not believe that to be the case. I am convinced the guy took money. I'm convinced that all these loan repayments, because how do you repay a loan if there was no loan? That's not a loan repayment. You can call it that. You can put anything you want down in the memo of the check, but if there was no loan, there's no repayment. So I'm convinced that Joe Biden made money off these deals. I'm convinced of it. But Hunter said my father was not financially involved in my business, which means he was involved. He was, he was involved. And what he did was use his influence as vice president of the United States of America to help his son. Oh, this is what Hunter said today. Take a listen. Mega Republicans including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They have ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they have belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, 
who has do devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine, shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. My father was not financially involved. So basically what Hunter's admitting here, and this is terrible for the president, is, yeah, my dad helped. My dad was involved, not financially, but he was involved. So all those times that Joe Biden made phone calls or went to meetings as vice president of the United States, he was helping Hunter and his business. The time that Joe Biden threatened to have the prosecutor, if he wasn't fired, he was going to take a billion dollars in American aid away from Ukraine. That bribe, that extortion plot against Ukraine, Joe Biden did that. Whether or not Joe Biden profited off of that doesn't matter. If his family members did, he's just as guilty. You cannot use your office to benefit and enrich your family members. But I still, for one, believe Joe Biden made money off this. Here is uh, Jim Jordan today. He outlined this case, I think, very, very well. Why this needs to proceed. Why we need to go forward here with the impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden. Take a listen. We're disappointed that he didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think he could have come here and sat? Oh, I'm sorry. Can you do the one from the from the floor speech? Thanks, Matt. He gave a uh, a number of them are giving speeches. It's still going on. I assume there'll be a vote at some point. Hopefully, it'll be before seven o'clock so we can bring it to you live. But just in case it's not, um, this is what he said today. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I thank the gentleman for yielding. This is a story as old as the hills. You got a politician who does certain things. Those actions then benefit his family financially, and then there's an effort to conceal it and sweep it under the rug. The best example is to go back to the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. Four key facts about Hunter Biden's involvement with this company and Joe Biden's involvement. First, Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma. Second, he's not qualified to be on the board of Burisma. Don't take my word for it. He said it himself. Third, he asked, he's asked by the executives of Burisma, can you weigh in with Washington, with D.C. to help alleviate the pressure we are under? Three days later, the vice president of the United States, now President Joe Biden, goes to Ukraine and conditions American tax dollars for Ukraine on the firing of the prosecutor who was applying the pressure to the company Hunter Biden was on the board of. That, that's why we're going with an official impeachment inquiry vote today. That's why this needs to be investigated. There are two resolutions we're considering. Resolution 918 and Resolution 917 incorporated if we pass 918. Three names mentioned in those two resolutions. One name, of course, is Joe Biden, President of the United States. But the other two names in Resolution 917 are two DOJ tax lawyers, Mark Daly and Jack Morgan. Two guys we want to talk to that the Biden Justice Department says we're not going to let you talk to them. With this vote, we think we get to talk to those individuals. And here's why it's important. These guys, these two individuals, initially said there should be tax, felony tax charges for 2014, 2015 in the Hunter Biden investigation. And that's important because those are the years when the bulk of the income from Burisma came to Hunter Biden. They initially said there should be tax char or, uh, felony tax charges for those years. Then they changed their position. Eight months later, they changed their position. We want to know why. Why did you do that? Why did you let the statute of limitations intentionally let the statute of limitations lapse for those years? My theory is it's one thing to charge Hunter Biden on a gun charge in Delaware. It's another thing 
to say we're not going to charge. Another thing to charge him on Burisma tax years, because that gets you to Joe Biden. That gets you to the White House. That's why we need this vote. The impeachment power, as the chairman said, is a power that solely resides in the House. When you have a majority of the House of Representatives go on record, that sends a message. We think we get timely participation from the witnesses we need to talk to and the documents Mr. Comer has been seeking. Finally, I would say this about this changing story from the White House, this changing story from the Justice Department. Today, Hunter Biden did a press conference. He was supposed to be in a deposition. He did a press conference. And at that press conference, he said, my father was not financially involved in the business. Well, that's an important qualifier. We haven't heard that. For three years, we haven't heard that. All we've heard is Joe Biden had no involvement. Now his son does a press conference when he's supposed to be being deposed and says he wasn't financially involved. Well, what involvement was it? We know there was phone calls, dinners, and meetings. What involvement was it? That's why we want to ask these questions with important witnesses. That's why this resolution is important. I urge a yes vote. With that, I yield back. Uh, good. And I, and I hope the yes vote goes forward because the yes vote should go forward. No question about it. And hopefully it'll go forward before seven o'clock tonight and we can move forward with this and we can hopefully get to the truth of everything that's happening. Because I am I'm just I'm, I'm tired of the United States Department of Justice and the Internal Revenue Service covering up for these financial crimes here. And that's what this entire thing is about. That's what's been happening. Here is um, Democrat. Representative Jim McGovern, I, t- I told you there's Democrats are not in any way, shape or form going to be on board with this. Not not one of them. They will not be a single one of them. They all act lockstep. Remember, Republicans cross the aisle to go after other Republicans and they're heroes. Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, they're they're heroes. But Democrats circle the wagons and they all do exactly what they're told. Nobody, nobody will challenge this. And they'll all repeat the same talking points that. These are extreme Republicans trying to just attack Joe Biden, and there's nothing here. Take a listen. And Republicans are weaponizing this addiction and using it to attack President Biden, a man of decency and integrity. Frankly, it's one of, if not the most despicable things I've seen in my whole career here in Congress. Oh, imagine that. One of the most despicable things. These are actual credible allegations that Joe Biden, as vice president of the United States, abused his office to help his family get rich. It's all there. And 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 Biden has apparently expressed woes over Hunter's guilt over Hunter's legal woes. Apparently. Now, this is a story in The New York Post by Victor Nava that President Biden has privately expressed that he feels guilty about Hunter Biden's legal troubles, telling close associates he believes his son wouldn't be facing federal indictment if he had not run for office in 2020. In private, no issue is more likely to anger or sadden President Biden than attacks on his son, which describes people close to the 81-year-old president, noticing that his mood shifts when there is unpleasant news about Hunter. Few in the president's inner circle feel free to discuss Hunter's situation with the president over fears that it could prompt both fury and dejection. Now, This may be one of those things where people are saying these things deliberately because the plan will be, Joe Biden says, to spare my son the indignation and this horrible legal trauma that he's going through, which he doesn't deserve because he was an addict. And they are just making this another way to attack Americans who have addiction. And these MAGA extreme Republicans are just going to destroy my son, my child, and I've already lost a child and I'm I'm not I can't I can't let this happen again. So I'm issuing a pardon for my son and I'm not going to be seeking reelection to the presidency of the United States of America. Now, if Hunter's pardoned. 
then this all goes away. It all goes away. They're not going to bring up charges against Joe Biden. Even if a Republican gets in the White House, it, it's over. It goes away. That's what's going to happen. Now, am I saying that that's exactly what's going to happen? No, I, I'm saying that I think a story like this is put out there for a reason. Right. If you're going to if, if, if there is enough pressure mounting on Hunter Biden, legally speaking, where Hunter Biden is going to go to federal prison. And Joe Biden knows that Hunter Biden can link him and take him down. And the only way to avoid all of that is to just give Hunter Biden a pardon. You pardon Hunter, it all goes away. It all goes away because there's no crimes against Joe Biden if there's no crimes against Hunter Biden. You issue a pardon. You do not have to have a a conviction to have a pardon. Remember, when Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon, he pardoned him for any and all crimes he may or may not have committed against the United States of America. Joe Biden can pardon Hunter Biden for everything. For, for failure to register as a foreign agent, all of these things. Just give him the, just a, a blanket immunity from everything. A complete sweep. And then it's over. Because if Hunter didn't commit any crimes, then a pardon makes crimes go away like it never happened. And if then if Hunter didn't commit any crimes, well then Joe Biden didn't commit any crimes. So then the investigation's over. It stops. Joe Biden gets to walk away with his legacy intact, does not get brought down here by his son, who I think would do anything to avoid prison, including selling out his old man. He has a viable excuse to get out of a race that he, he's going to lose and everybody's telling him he's going to lose. And I don't think the president really cares that much about his son. I don't really think this is, this is really a thing, but I think it's a great opportunity for him to come out and say, it's my son, it's my boy, it's my child. I can't, I can't let this go on like this. So a story that comes out like this, that Biden is so deeply guilty and depressed over what Hunter Biden's going through, is just a setup for when Joe Biden eventually pardons him and then exits the race, gets out, and he's done. And then it all goes away. And the Democrats have someone someone new. And Joe Biden cannot pardon his son and and be reelected president. The American people will not stand for that. They won't. Pardons are always controversial, which is why presidents typically do them at the very end of their term. But when you pardon your own family member, people really don't like that. And that will be the end of Joe Biden's campaign. But even beyond that, it's the end of the investigation. There's no more investigation. There's nothing to investigate. The president just pardoned Hunter Biden. It's over. It's over. So if you're not investigating Hunter, you can't. He's been pardoned by the president. You're never going to get to Joe Biden. You're never going to get to Joe Biden. So it ends. It goes away. And then Joe Biden's not running again for, for president. So then the, the point of the impeachment will go nowhere because the Republicans in the Senate are not going to let it go anywhere anyway. So even though the House is going to pass this inquiry and that will be in the House, if you think that any Senate Republicans are going to actually join in on taking down their old buddy Joe Biden, you think Mitch McConnell is going to go down that road? Hell no. Hell no. This is all about exposing all this on 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 to America, exposing Joe Biden to America, which is an important thing to do. But do I think it's going to lead to a conviction of Joe Biden and removal by two thirds of the Senate? No, I don't. But I think the federal charges again against Hunter Biden, and there's more to come. The issue of if you're an American citizen, you're doing business with a foreign government, you have to register. It's a federal law. It's the Foreign Agent Registration Act. And if you're doing business with China, you're doing business with Ukraine and you're not registered, you are violating federal law. 
that's the actual charge, ironically enough, that got the entire original, don't call it a sweetheart deal, deal to cover up for the president's federal uh, tax crimes back in the summer. That's what blew the whole thing up. When the judge asked the hypothetical question, could Hunter Biden still face charges for failing to register as a foreign agent? And his attorney said yes. And Hunter said, or, the, or I should say the government said yes. And Hunter's attorneys, they all huddled in the back room. And Hunter said, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't agree to this because they could still charge me with other stuff. So that deal blew up. And then since that deal blew up, Joe Biden's only gotten more unpopular and Donald Trump's popularity has surged even in the general election. And now they're realizing they're facing a real threat of, of Donald Trump being the president of the United States of America and going in there and reforming the executive branch of government as Project 2025 outlines, which really would be the end of the deep state in many ways, at least to be some real significant blows against the deep state. And they don't want to risk that. So if that means getting rid of Joe Biden, they'll get rid of Joe Biden. Remember, David Axelrod was the one who came out after the big Obama soiree weekend on that Sunday morning and said, Joe Biden's got to go. And he would not have said that unless the Obamas were on board with it. Obviously. So they need him out. This is the way to do it. This is the way you get him out. You, 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 you paint Hunter as a victim. These poor, these mean, evil MAGA Republicans are going after him because he had a drug addiction. And they belittle his recovery and they mock him. And they, this is all about that. And that's all it is. And I can't sit here and let my son go through another second of this. So I know sometimes you got to put family first, and I'm choosing my family first. Which is why I, Joseph Robinette Biden, am issuing a full and unconditional pardon for any and all crimes my son may have committed against the United States of America. And I will not be seeking a second term as president. Because I know this will be deeply unpopular to some people, but you have to realize that if I have the power to save my son, I'm going to save it. And you'd do the same thing if it was your son. Because Hunter's done nothing wrong other than fighting his demons and conquering them. And these mega extremist Republicans won't let it go. And he steps aside. The investigation's over. Joe Biden can go back to the beach in Delaware. Don't have to worry about any of this anymore. Because if this keeps going down this road, this will all come out. I mean, Hunter saying today, my father was not financially involved in my business may have been a threat to Joe Biden. It may have been a very carefully created line, carefully crafted line in that statement so that Biden knows, look, I'm not going to prison here. I am not going to prison. And if it means that I sell you out, I'll do it because you were involved. Your involvement was there. And I will stand here and say you weren't financially involved as a blessing to you, as a gift to you so that people don't think you're corrupt. But you know, and I know, you absolutely were involved. And whether you took money or not is irrelevant. I'll bring you down. I'm not going to prison. I'm not going to jail for you. You, you better help me. So that may have been a very thinly veiled threat to the president today by Hunter Biden's legal team and the PR people that wrote that. Which is to say that if a pardon does not come and this does not end, I'm going to start singing. Because I'm not going to prison. Guys like Hunter Biden cannot handle prison. Guys like him will squeal. And I think today was the first salvo in that. The warning shot. That yes, I will talk if I have to. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. If you want to weigh in. By the way, Joe Biden, excellent find here back in 2007, said the following. 
As a senator from Delaware, former Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Joseph R. Biden Jr., Democrat of Delaware, announced his support today for issuing contempt citations for White House Chief of Staff Josh Bolton and former Deputy Chief of Staff Karl Rove for refusing to comply with congressional subpoenas for documents and testimony on the White House's role in the firings of several distinguished United States attorneys. Quote from Senator Biden, executive privilege protects certain communications between the president and his top advisors. It doesn't shield criminal conduct. It can't thwart Congress's constitutional oversight responsibility. And contrary to the president's belief, is not an absolute blanket protection from answering Congress's questions. Executive privilege can only be invoked in response to specific questions and document requests. Quote, subpoenaed witnesses have got to show up and invoke the privilege. Let me say that again. Subpoenaed witnesses have got to show up and invoke the privilege. Yet Joe Biden knew today that Hunter was not going to show up and knew that Hunter Biden was going to give a speech. Double standards, indeed. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Guys, if you want to give the perfect holiday gift, something she is going to love and appreciate and think of you, then we got to talk about the naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com. And they're so good, they sell it every year. And the best part is, of course, you're going to get a free naturally nude nighty, A $75 value. Your beautiful deluxe savings on this two-in-one complete gift. Pajama Graham's naturally nude pajamas are famous. They sell it every year for a reason. Soft, silky, totally luxurious, better than lingerie with a curved, caressing fit. And they'll even wrap it for you. They'll ship it right away. You'll get it in time for Christmas if it doesn't sell out. And that since it sells out every year, you cannot procrastinate. You got to do it now. With Pajama Graham, you know you're going to get a gift that she's going to love. It's guaranteed. And it makes this a very easy Christmas gift. But you got to hurry before it's gone. Just go to pajamagram.com today for the naturally nude pajamas. Several different colors and shapes and sizes and all kinds of different styles. Pick out something you know she's going to look beautiful in. She'll be comfortable in. She'll feel luxurious in it. And she'll be very, very happy that you took the time to buy it for her. Naturally nude pajamas, pajamagram.com. Don't forget, you're going to get the free naturally nude nighty, a $75 savings on a deluxe two-in-one complete gift. Pajamagram.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So, if you think about it, the uh, old saying, Ophelia doth protest too much, comes to mind with all the Democrats screaming about how there's no evidence here, there's no evidence here. That's what uh, old man Dudley says as I do my social media check-in, courtesy of our friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. He says, Rich, the most overwhelming evidence that an impeachment inquiry is needed is the degree and volume with which the Democrats are insisting there is no evidence. Excellent point. Uh, Diane says, Rich, if uh, that happens and Hunter is pardoned, can they go after the president's brother and wife? Well, uh, I mean, they they could, but they wouldn't. And there's also statute of limitations issues. So probably not. I, I, I don't think the statute of limitations would. The window, if it hasn't already closed, you have to file charges by a certain time. I think the window is either already closed or it's very close to closing. So, no, I don't I don't see that happening here. This isn't like murder where they can go after him at any point. And I don't think at that point they would need to. You know, this is, in my opinion, about getting Joe Biden out of the race at this point. Uh, Let's see here. Road Warrior says Biden is going to throw Hunter under the bus because he's an a-hole. 
But the best tweet of the day has to come from Mr. Papa Giorgio. Mr. Papa Giorgio. He says, Rich, I'm not sure I buy into the whole pardon theory. Maybe it's because you got the Doug Burgum thing so wrong. That's fair. That's fair enough. <laughs> In fairness, though, who who didn't expect Doug Burgum to just walk away with that nomination? Well, yeah, but I'm not any guy, Matt DeSantis. I'm supposed to be the political prognosticator of our times. That's true. And I called that one so wrong when I said, mark my words, President Doug Burgum. And the Burgum bros, both of them. <laughs> I blew it. So I understand you can throw, you can just disregard all my other political theories because I got one thing wrong, fine. But Doug Burgum had everything going for him. I was convinced that 2% was going to go to 200%. <laughs> like overnight. In fairness, though, you did also say that Asa Hutchinson has an incredible chance uh, as well. And he's still very much alive, obviously. Yeah, Asad Hutchins is definitely who I think is now going to be the Republican nominee for president. I've, I've gone on record saying that. I'm doubling down on the Asad. Asad Hutchins. Hutchins, am I saying it right? Uh, say it one more time. Asad Hutchins. No, you mispronounced it. Hutchins, Hutchinson. Asset Hutchinson. Yeah, there you go. H- Hutchins. Asset Hutchinson. Yeah, it still sounds wrong. Yeah, I think it sounds right, Henry. Right? I'm just I'm talking a little fast. I get I get the cough yeah. drop in. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It can be tough I think it's that. fine. Yeah, no, I'm doubling down on on that prediction. In fact, let me say, if I'm wrong, if if uh, Asset is not president, I will I will I will give up my job. I will I will quit <laughs> talk radio. That's how confident I am. That's how sure I am. <laughs> A couple weeks, you'll be listening to the Henry Machette Show. Oh, oh can't wait! <laughs> Henry and Mac can just take over. I'll be home sitting there going, "Damn you, asshat! <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! I bet it all on you! Damn you, Doug Burgum, with your Matthew McConaughey hair and your two supporters, Carhartt vest, Carhartt vest. Damn you!" Uh, yes. 855-839-1210 is the number. Here is, uh, let's see, this happened, um, Senator Ted Cruz ripped Senator Dick Durbin for protecting Jeffrey Epstein and those people that flew on, Je- but Jeffrey Epstein's dead. He didn't kill himself, but he's dead. But there are people who flew on his plane and there was an effort by Senator Marsha Blackburn to have those names come out and be exposed. And Senator Dick Durbin killed it. He killed it as the committee chairman, which is his ability to do. And Ted Cruz explained exactly what happened here. And these Democrats protecting Jeffrey Epstein, or the people on his plane, I should say, cut Ted. The first time we were going to vote on, on, on the subpoenas on Harlan Crow and Leonard Leo, we didn't vote on them. And I can tell you, like all the Republicans, we were all ready for combat. Let's go battle the Democrats. This is a partisan witch hunt. And what happened, so back behind the dais, there's a conference room where the Judiciary Committee meets. You, you, you have the, the dais there. And behind it, there's a conference room, and you can go and have meetings there. I can tell you Dick Durbin was sitting in that conference room with John Ossoff, the freshman Democrat senator from Georgia who serves on judiciary. And Durbin and Ossoff were having a heated, heated conversation. I don't know for sure what they were discussing. I didn't overhear their conversation, but it was energetic 
and it delayed and delayed and delayed, and then it, Durbin ended up deciding not to vote on the subpoenas. And I'll tell you, all the Republican senators, we were like, what's going on? Yeah. And a number of Republican senators suggested the problem was Ossoff told Durbin he was not willing to vote on the Epstein subpoena. Now, I don't know if that's because he didn't want it voted on or he didn't want to vote. No, I don't know why. And I don't know if it's true. I mean, we were Durbin never explained any of it to us. He just canceled it. Fast forward then. To when they did vote, vote out the subpoenas, the way he did so, he allowed no amendments. He just rammed it through and blocked all amendments. And so the logical inference is the only way Durbin could get his votes for the Harlan Crow and Leonard Leo subpoenas is to stop a vote on the Jeffrey Epstein subpoena. And somebody, and I think the most likely candidate is John Ossoff, really, really, really doesn't want to vote on that. I think that's all the more reason to vote on it. There you go. 855-839-1210. By the way, Ossoff sounds a lot like Asshat. Just saying. I don't. I should not have gone, <laughs> spent so much time on him and then went to Ossoff because it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, now I'm confused. <laughs> Maybe I'm that'll confused. be his VP. Asshat and Ossoff? Yeah. It's a good ticket right there. I got bad news. I just looked up his polling averages. Who's? Uh, your, your boy Asshat. Oh. Um, oh. You're using his name. I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed. Well done. Point nine percent. Point nine percent. Well, yeah. you watch. Is that 0.9? The margin of error, I think, is 3%, so he actually may be in the negatives. It's possible he's negative at this point. He might, maybe this was a bad call. I may have made a bad prediction here. <laughs> There's still time. Yeah. You everyone, watch that 0.9% is going to surge to 90%. Yeah, everyone loves a good comeback story. Every, the, he is, he is, he's, he's the Rocky of our story here. <laughs> All right? So you watch. You mark my words. And if not, then I will be out of a job because I'm putting it all on you, asshat. <laughs> Damn you, Doug Burgum. Damn you. Uh, listen, my buddy Tom Skopinich is a great guy, and I tell you what, he um, helped out my friend the other day. My friend was in an accident. and reached out to me and said, hey, can you um, send me the name of, of the attorney you know? And I said, yeah, Tom Skopinich gave him his name's number. Uh, within an hour, he was on the phone with Tom going through everything that happened, and Tom Skopinich is... Well, that's the kind of guy he is. He, he works hard. He fights for you, and he will actually help you. You know, unlike these billboard clowns, as I call them, all these people, their faces out there, uh, and these big, massive firms that they, they, they don't, the personal touch of Tom Skopinich is what you want. A guy who understands, has been doing this for 25 years, fighting for people to get what they deserve, to get the maximum settlement for their case. If you are injured in an accident, that's what you need. And that's exactly what Tom Skopinich will do for you. Tom has been serving the greater Delaware Valley for over 25 years, and he's helped many clients. With offices located in Lansdale, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, let Tom help you maximize your recovery and get the fair value for your case. Prior to starting his own practice, Tom Skopinich used to work for and on behalf of insurance companies, which gives him a unique understanding of the strategies and tactics used by the insurance companies when they are fighting your case. Contact Tom online at scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com, or call 215-624-2211, 215-624-2211. He's licensed in PA and New Jersey, so he'll help you and fight for you on either side of the river. Get what you deserve with my buddy Tom Skopinich, scopelawyer.com, scopelawyer.com. 
Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Big news, breaking news. The House appears to have enough votes to launch the formal impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden for his actions as vice president, helping out his son, Hunter Biden. That appears to happen right now. It seems as if they uh, have the votes. This is what they're saying. I imagine at some point we'll have the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, come to the podium and have the uh, take the gavel. But it does appear as if the Republicans have the votes. I don't know if any Democrats voted yes. I probably would imagine no. And it appears that this has passed. So uh, big fourth and final hour coming up. We'll obviously cover all this for you. Plus, we're going to dig in a little bit more about the hatred that's seeding in college campuses right now. And then whatever breaking news comes out of this, we'll, we'll obviously monitor it and watch it for you. No question about it. But it looks as if the, uh, the votes are, are there. There's, the voting is still going on, but there's two, there's two motions that are happening. But it does, it does seem as if they have the vote. So uh, I would definitely stay tuned for the 6 o'clock hour. It turns out that Joe Biden, man, I'm just saying this clip, back in 2021, when Steve Bannon and um, Peter Navarro were both subpoenaed by Congress and they refused to come and testify regarding Donald Trump. And they were ultimately prosecuted by the Department of Justice. Well, Hunter Biden has done the exact same thing today. Hunter Biden refused to show up, refused to come to a congressional deposition, refused to show up. Instead, he gave a speech going on about how he's the victim of these MAGA Republicans who just want to be mean to him because he was a drug addict. This is what Biden said back in 2021 about people who defy congressional subpoenas. Take a listen. defy congressional subpoenas on the January 6th committee. I hope that the committee goes after them and uh, holds them accountable. Should they be prosecuted by the I, Justice I do, Department? yes. I do, yes. So a lot of people during the January 6th inquiry gave depositions. They demanded it for everybody. Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren at the time said, we need to do these closed door dep- depositions because uh, if we do it in, in public, everybody's going to be giving speeches and we'll get nothing done. And it's going to be a political circus. That's why we do the depositions behind closed doors away from the cameras. And then we have the, the open door hearings. We do both. And that's the reason why we have to do both. And that's what they demanded. And the point that was made regarding many people who were prosecuted after January 6th was that. They would go in there to these depositions in front of Congress. They would plead the fifth. And then the House committee, and they did not investigate January 6th. I mean, they were there, obviously, to, for a political relations purpose of trying to just tie Donald Trump to it. But they would just play clips of people saying, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, over and over again to try to argue that all these people came in and were guilty. And that's why they argued, that's why they invoked the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution, their protection against saying anything that could, incrim- could uh, criminalize them. So, not criminalize, but you know what I mean. Anything that could be used against them to implicate them in a crime. But now when it comes to Hunter Biden, no. He's allowed to go. Biden knew he was not going to show up today for the deposition. Biden knew he was going to, what he was going to say. Karine Jean-Pierre said that. We played the clip earlier for you today. She acknowledged that, yes, the president knew what his son was going to say today. So Joe Biden, when it's Republicans who get a deposition subpoena, they have to appear or they should go to jail. And that's exactly what happened to Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro. The United States Department of Justice got the criminal referral from Congress. They prosecuted them for not showing up. 
Because Congress doesn't have its own police forces. The Capitol Police is not for that purpose. They send it to the, to the DOJ in a criminal referral, and then the DOJ then decides whether to prosecute or not. So they're going to hold Hunter Biden in contempt, and they're going to make a recommendation. They're going to make a referral to the Department of Justice. The question is, of course, will the Department of Justice be consistent and then charge Hunter Biden with defying an official congressional subpoena? What do you think? 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Big fourth and final hour coming up. Friday live at the Grand Hotel. But in this next hour, we're going to get the final vote on the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. So some big breaking news ahead. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHD. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, Rich Zioli. It's official. The House has passed the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. It passed. You heard that in the news report. So here we go. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli, our big fourth and final hour. Don't forget Friday, live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, for our last and final show of the year. So make sure you join us this coming Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Uh, programming note for you, we are going to uh, have um, Philip Magnus on the show, Phil Magnus, excuse me, on the show later today. He has discovered that Harvard President Claudine Gay plagiarized material in another academic paper. So this is some breaking news, and we'll talk to him at about 630 today. So there you go. Here's all the latest so that you're all caught up. Um, spent a lot of time, obviously, on Hunter Biden. But one of the other questions right now is what's going to happen with Donald Trump January 6th and everything else. Now, the question is, does Donald Trump have presidential immunity? And that is the question. Now, when they're trying to dismiss the case from Jack Smith's special counsel, who's obviously hell bent on getting Trump and getting him on trial, getting him on the stand prior to Super Tuesday, that's what his goal is. John Laurel, Trump's lead attorney, said, quote, President Trump's alleged conduct, publicly and politically disputing the outcome of the election, attempting to convince Congress to act, and allegedly organizing alternate slates of electors, falls outside the plain language of the charged statute. One of the key statutes in question is 18 U.S.C. 1512 part of the 2002 Sarbanes-Oxley Act passed by Congress to prevent Fraudulent financial reporting by organizations. Statute was meant to close a loophole in other obstruction laws related to the destruction of evidence, but left open to interpretation the terms corruptly and official proceeding in the following passage. To the point where, as Julie Kelly points out, defense lawyers claim it can be used to criminalize political activity. Here is the passage. And before I do that, just to remind you, you had the Enron scandal. It was a big deal, obviously, back in 2002 when they then tried to do these reforms. Sarbanes-Oxley was a massive bill. It was a big bill. And it changed a lot of different things. They are using this, along with the RICO Act, to go after Trump and also go using the Foreign Agents Registration Act 
to justify various things as well, except when it comes to Hunter Biden. They have not charged him with that yet, although I think that they will. So here's what the statute, Sarbanes-Oxley, that the special counsel Jack Smith is now using, and they've been using in a number of these January 6th cases. Quote, whoever corruptly alters, destroys, mutilates, or conceals a record, document, or other object, or attempts to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in an official proceeding, or otherwise obstructs, influences, or impedes any official proceeding or attempts to do so, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. The Department of Justice legal basis rests on the argument that the joint session of Congress held on January 6th to debate and certify the 2020 election was an official proceeding, as opposed to a ceremonial gathering. Those who interrupted Congress, prompting a six-hour delay or plan to disrupt it, committed that particular obstruction felony that I just read to you. Federal prosecutors so far have charged more than 300 January 6th defendants with obstruction under that statute that was written in the wake of the Enron scandal. In August, Smith's office handed down a 45-page indictment against Trump claiming his attempts to persuade Vice President Mike Pence to reject some electoral college votes and organize alternate slates of electors, among other acts, also represented an attempt to obstruct the certification of the 2020 election. Smith's indictment is hardly the first time the Department of Justice sought to nab Trump on the obstruction count. It represents the culmination of a years-long effort dating back to 2017, when special counsel Robert Mueller investigated Trump for violating Section 1512 of the U.S. Code as part of his probe into Russia's role in the 2016 election. And this is what he came up with. The second volume of special counsel Robert Mueller's report on the investigation into Russian interference in the 2018 presidential election enumerated multiple instances where Trump allegedly violated Section 1512. He concluded that Trump's behavior in office met the statute's largely undefined language regarding obstruction. He said the following, quote, Section 1512C2 applies to corrupt acts, including by public officials, that frustrate the commencement or conduct of a proceeding and not just to acts that make evidence unavailable or impair its integrity. Now, remember, he did not refer Trump to the Justice Department on the obstruction count. Attorney General William Barr disagreed with Mueller's assessment and did not charge Trump. But the government's desire to broadly interpret the statute in Trump-related cases did not end there. Within days of the January 6th riot at the Capitol, a grand jury impaneled by the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia started handing up indictments on the 1512 offense. Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman. That was the guy with the horns. He was the first protester charged for obstruction of an official proceeding on January 11th, 2021. Some of the accused never entered the Capitol or went inside after Congress recessed. Enrique Tario, leader of the Proud Boys, was in a Baltimore hotel on January 6th following court orders to stay out of the nation's capital. Trump himself never set foot on Capitol Hill that day. The same cannot be said for Thomas Robertson. He's a Virginia police sergeant, or was at the time, He was fired from his job right after that. The government indicted Robertson, a former Army Ranger with no criminal record on six federal crimes, including 1512C2. Despite Robertson's facing no charge related to assaulting a police officer or vandalizing property and being inside the building for roughly 20 minutes, U.S. District Court Judge Christopher Cooper revoked Robertson's bond in July of 2021. Before his April 2022 trial, Robertson filed a motion to dismiss the charge related to 
Section 1512. Again, that, that's the post-Enron statute. He argued, as others have in similar dismissal motions, that Congress's work on January 6th was outside the fundamental scope of the law. The electoral count is a ceremonial and administrative event that is not an official proceeding. It is not an adjudicative proceeding involving witness testimony and evidence, his lawyer wrote. Further, the court's historical definition of corruptly requiring an individual intentionally breaking the law in an effort to obstruct something has been stretched in Robertson's case to encompass social media posts. Robertson generally objected to the ill-defined nature of the statute as well as DOJ's selective use of it. Inconsistent charging decisions, along with inherently vague words in the statute, that is the basis for charging these defendants, all will show that 18 U.S.C. 1512 is unconstitutionally vague. The trial judge appointed by Barack Obama did not agree, citing similar decisions by eight of his judicial colleagues up to that point. He denied the motion and rejected the defense argument that 1512 was unconstitutionally vague. Robertson's corrupt intent, the judge concluded, was demonstrated by social media posts before and on January 6th, including his online claims that, quote, CNN and the left are just mad because we actually attacked the government and in one day took the effing U.S. Capitol. That was sufficient for the judge to doubt Robertson's motives. The judge said if Robertson had expressed his views only through social media, he almost certainly would not be here. But he also allegedly took action entering the Capitol without lawful authority in an alleged attempt to impede the Electoral College vote certification. His words remain relevant to his intent and motive for for taking those alleged actions. Following a four-day trial in D.C., they found him guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to 87 months, more than seven years in prison. Prosecutors routinely ask for up to five years for 1512 convictions, either by a jury or through plea agreements. In some cases, DOJ successfully asked judges to deny release for defendants simply charged with 1512. A judge denied Jacob Chansley's release based on the obstruction charge. He remained behind bars until he accepted a plea offer nine months later and was then sentenced to 41 months. But the application of this statute, again, passed post-Enron, a financial reform, Sarbanes-Oxley, is unsettled judicial territory. While the various courts that have heard appeals regarding its use have so far backed the government's position, they've all rendered split decisions marked by often fiery dissents. In April, a three-judge panel of the appellate court in Washington hearing the case USA v. Fisher gave what one of the judges described as a splintered decision to barely uphold the charge against the three defendants who were also charged with assaulting police officers. Now, the interesting part about what's going on here with Trump and why all this matters, of course, is that right now the question becomes, was this a legal proceeding? Was this an official proceeding? And then does Trump have immunity based on his actions that day as president of the United States? If the government's going to argue then that this was, in fact, an official proceeding, then does Trump as president then have immunity because he's part of the Electoral Count Act? He's a candidate. He has the ability then to use his voice to convince people that they should not certify the election. If it's a pro forma ceremony, well, then it's irrelevant, right? If it's an actual thing where they get to decide whether or not to certify the election results or not, then does Trump have immunity in the sense because now he's president, he was using his voice, he didn't, he didn't actually do anything that day, he was just telling people they should reject the results. No different than members of Congress have done, no different than senators have done. In fact, under the Electoral Count Act, the way that it was written at the time, 
that was absolutely Congress's right to reject the electoral count and send it back to the states. Now, they've since reformed that law, but at the time that was the case, remember, it was Vice President Mike Pence who said he had no ability to reject the election results, and this was a formality. This was a ceremonial vote. All right? This was a ceremonial vote, and that's all this was. The problem, though, is that when you look at what Jack Smith is doing, the special counsel, by going after Trump with this, the question becomes, will the Supreme Court find that all the judges who questioned whether or not Section 1512 could really apply here, were they wrong? While touting the Fisher decision as a win for Jack Smith, Andrew Weissman, lead prosecutor in the Mueller investigation, admitted that the Supreme Court could find some parts of a decision to be inapplicable. Washington Post legal affairs columnist Jason Willick warned in April that the Fisher case could make American politics even worse and criticized the Department of Justice for rejiggering the obstruction law at a time of heightened political tension. The country does not need, Willick wrote, a new open-ended grant of power to prosecutors to reach into the political system, one that could be used in the future against interest groups and officials who fall out of favor with the president's Department of Justice. That was from the far right wing Washington Post. This is, as Julie Kelly points out, the tangled legal and judicial system in the nation's capital that now awaits Donald Trump. A quick trigger jury pool deciding the merits of a dubious charge as federal judges widen the utility and interpretation of a law written to close a loophole related to corporate interference in criminal investigations. Special counsel is now in a collision course of sorts. U.S. Solicitor General Elizabeth Proliger filed a brief on October 30th asking the Supreme Court to deny the petition to review the appellate court's decision in the Fisher case. The Supreme Court, only four justices need to agree, could take up the matter as early as this month. They grant cert. The court would then send a signal it is prepared to overturn how both the government and the federal courts have interpreted the obstruction statute. Now, this Fisher case is particularly interesting. And this guy, you, you, you have to realize now that when somebody is able to beat back on the government, with the argument that the government is using a statute that never intended to be applied in this matter, that's a very important point, a very important point. And in this case of this guy, Fisher, who won, the defense attorneys filed petitions before the Supreme Court to reverse the appellate court's two-to-one ruling. And the attorneys are expected to file their own pleadings before the high court. And what they're saying right now, and what the Brookings Institute, Roger Parloff described, as a very, very tenacious and precarious lay in the government's going down here. Democrat-appointed judges are now expanding the ability of prosecutors to reach into laws passed for other reasons to go after people. So you have some people here who are civil libertarians who are warning this. And they're saying right now that you have to realize that if you turn around and you say, for example... And somebody's speech led to them obstructing an official proceeding when an official proceeding at the time was meant to be a government investigation into something and corporations destroying documents that would hide their guilt. And you're going to now translate that statute into the president of the United States of America giving a speech and using his bully pulpit to tell people they should reject the electoral college results. 
But like any other thing that Congress has the ability to do, why can't he weigh in on it? I mean, really, would it be any different? Think about it from this perspective. Would it be any different if Donald Trump stood up there and said, I want you to march down the Capitol peacefully and use your voice and let them know they should not pass H.R. 1, right? Whatever the bill is, whatever the bill is, a bill to, I don't know, mandate green vehicles or something like that, right? And Congress doesn't pass H.R. 1. Has he obstructed with an official congressional proceeding? The argument the government's been using basically right now is that his words then led to an official proceeding being disrupted. Therefore, he has obstructed an official proceeding. But we were also told that that was not an official proceeding and it was just a pro forma ceremony, just a ceremony. And therefore, then it wouldn't even count as an official proceeding under the statute. But it's very troubling to think that something that was passed in 2002, and the government does this all the time, right? They pass a statute, they give the government more power. It's supposed to be for this specific issue. And then they decide to apply it wherever they want. So theoretically, I would argue then that if the president, who's not a member of Congress, stands up there and says, I hope Congress votes down this. And I want everybody to go to the Capitol and, and, and use your voice. Not He never said to go smash windows and go do any of those things. But let's say a future president stands up there and says, they're going to try to pass this bill to take away your Second Amendment rights. And it's a veto-proof majority. I need you to go down there. It has a big speech on the ellipse. I need you to go down there, and I want you to make your voices heard because we got to fight like hell, otherwise we don't have a country. And then the hundreds of people that are there march down to the Capitol, and they don't do anything. They don't go inside the Capitol. They don't move any barricades. They don't do a damn thing. They just stand there. But Congress, given what happened on January 6th, 2021, is so skittish and nervous that they decide to delay the proceeding, to delay the vote by a few hours. Six hours later, they come back in, they pass the the law, and then they take away guns, whatever it is. Has the president then obstructed an official proceeding of Congress with his words? Did all the people then who went to the Capitol in an intimidating fashion, the American people who were trying to make their voices heard, did they all now uh, interfere with an official congressional proceeding? It's a very, very big stretch here. It really is. Because presidents have First Amendment rights like everybody else, but even more importantly, they're part of the process. I mean, Donald Trump was a candidate. He felt that he won the election. He believed that he was being cheated and he wanted Congress to reject the results and he wanted it to go back to the states, which was absolutely legally permissible under the Electoral Count Act as it was written as of January 6, 2021. He used his voice to do so. People that committed actual violence that day, people that broke windows or did anything else, well, that's different. That's obviously a different story. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to reach back to 2002, pluck up this Enron statute, and then use it to go after Donald Trump and say, you obstructed an official proceeding, the first question is, is it official? Or is it like Mike Pence said, just a ceremony? In which case, then now you've obstructed a ceremony, and so then the statute wouldn't even apply. But if it is an official proceeding, how is it any different than Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm? How is it any different than a uh, member of Congress who objected to the electoral certification of Trump, like Jamie Raskin did? I mean, Jamie Raskin wasn't breaking the law at the time. He had the right to do so under the act. But how was Donald Trump breaking the law? He didn't do anything physically. He just used his voice to encourage others who had the power to do something to do something. 
But how's that any different than if he stands up there and he says, don't pass this bill and march down the Capitol and stand in solidarity and, and make your voices heard. And the chants from the people in the crowd are just so loud. Congress says, we have to delay this vote. Well, haven't you now officially, haven't you just now interfere with an official congressional proceeding? Theoretically, according to the statute, yes. And every single person there should be guilty of a crime. And the president who told them to go should also be guilty of a crime because Congress delayed the vote for a few hours. You disrupted an official proceeding. Didn't do anything to do that, but they decided to take a break. I mean, it's such a slippery slope here. It really is. But these are the things the Supreme Court's going to have to deal with very, very, very soon. Because these arguments before the high court are going to have to happen before Jack Smith now can launch his trial of Trump pre-Super Tuesday. So when the Supreme Court came in and said, we're going to review these immunity claims and we want you to, you have have until December 20th to file your briefs. And then the D.C. Circuit Court Judge uh, Chutkin came out and said, we're going to put this trial on hold until that process is done. That now paints a very difficult timing window for Jack Smith. A very, very bad timing window because his whole goal is to have this happen prior to Super Tuesday, thinking that that will make Republican voters choose somebody else. Jack Smith will then be presented with a major decision, whether to proceed with the prosecution of a former president on an offense that may be overturned by the Supreme Court and one he brought at some risk months after the divided Fisher opinion. So it could be a devastating blow to the special prosecutor, Jack Smith. And either way, from a timing perspective, it's a devastating blow. And a good reminder to you that when the government gives itself more power, For something specific, they will eventually expand that power and use it however the hell they want. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, Cherry Hill Vavo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. They are there for you every step of the way. They are always working hard to give you the absolute best promotions and financing. And on top of their already aggressive promotions they have, they're adding to it. They're doing a big renovation at the dealership. And to make room for all the construction equipment, they are going to... They are going to double down here. An additional $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty and $2,000 off when you're financing or leasing through Volvo cars, plus a $7,500 lease rebate on all plug-in Volvos. The dedicated professionals at Cherry Hill Volvo pride themselves on always delivering the luxury experience you deserve. And we're so honored to be broadcasting live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios every single day. They will make the experience a luxurious one for you because you're driving a beautiful, luxurious vehicle. Volvos are great cars, and you will love the safety, you'll love the technology, you'll love all of it. So please go see my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo today, the region's most accessible Volvo dealership and the only Volvo dealership that is the Talk Radio 1210 WPHD studio sponsor. When we come back, we'll get an update on Harvard. We'll talk to a very special guest about the latest revelations about Harvard's president, The House has voted officially to open an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. What does that mean? Where do we go from here? Don't go away. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Big day today. Breaking news all over the place. Obviously, the House just passed a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Uh, Spent a lot of time on the show today about Hunter Biden, his uh, pathetic victim speech today on the outside the Capitol, uh, all the drama around that. Just another point on this issue of um, the, the charge against Trump, the obstruction charge. Uh, there were several judges who looked at the government using that against 
protesters, like people that go in the Capitol building, sit in the rotunda, protest, and saying that you could charge all of them under this, too, for disrupting official proceedings. And then one judge made the comment of saying that if we use this Enron statute to charge every protester, we will have to build new prisons. Because eventually, protesters will be obstructing an official proceeding in some capacity, some way, shape, or form. So just something to think about as that case makes its way through the courts. Um, something else to Harvard, obviously, what's happening there in Harvard. I'm very happy to welcome Dr. Philip Magnus to the show again. He's a research fellow at the American Institute for Economic Research and author of Cracks in the Ivory Tower, The Moral Mess of Higher Education. Dr. Magnus, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to start by playing a clip of uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones. <laughs> Nicole Hannah-Jones reacting to the attacks on Harvard's president, Claudine Gay. Take a listen. What do you make of the fact that, you know, there were all these university presidents who were criticized. She wasn't the only one. Uh, But the other presidents weren't criticized because they were women. They were criticized because of things that they said or did. Uh, She is being singled out as someone who is only surviving because of her race. What did you make of that? Well, it's racist. I mean, we have no one has produced a shred of evidence that shows that the sole qualification uh, that um, uh, President Gay had was that she is a black woman. That's insulting. Um, It defies logic. And the fact that of those presidents who all came under intense scrutiny, that only one has been called out as a so-called diversity or affirmative action hire, just speaks to what black women in this country have gone through historically and continue to go through every day. Um, She's clearly qualified. Okay. Now, Philip Magnus, let me ask you, this plagiarism scandal around Dr. Claudine Gay, even the attempts to cover this up by Harvard, you have uncovered some new evidence in all this, haven't you? Absolutely. And what we're seeing right now is uh, Claudine Gay has 11 articles, I believe, on her CV from her academic career. And now we found evidence of plagiarism in five out of those 11 articles. So to, to say that she's doing honest scholarship, um, you know, this this is something that seems to be a pervasive pattern of her academic career is she's borrowing other people's work without proper attribution, without proper quotation marks, and in direct violation of Harvard's policies. And the, the, the idea now that somebody's stealing somebody else's intellectual property, I mean, you as a, as a, as a published author, as a, as a professor, as somebody who um, is a research fellow. I mean, that's got to be just the, the most revolting thing, right? Somebody else puts their time into creating something intellectual and you steal it as your own? Right. It's a betrayal of your readership. The purpose of scholarship is to leave a clear pattern of where you got your information to document all the steps of your argument when you're presenting a case for something. And if you're taking other people's work without crediting them, you're basically stealing. So now we're talking about five total papers, nearly half of her entire scholarly output. And then you found out in this 2001 APSR paper, the effect of black congressional representation on political participation, uh, she lifted some verbatim from some other scholars, right? Exactly. And this is something that Harvard's policies address. They say that if you quote, if you borrow other words from people, they have to be inside of quotation marks. You cannot paraphrase them, even if it's just a few words. Uh, It has to be properly quoted. And this is a really strict policy that students at Harvard get in trouble for. They've actually expelled dozens of students over the past decade for committing plagiarism of the very same type that someone like Claudine Gay seems to be getting away with right now. Now, we also know that they covered up a high-level investigation into whether its controversial president was a plagiarist. 
Um, they, they even threatened the, the New York Post over their, their probe into this. I mean, Harvard seems to be doubling down on this. And I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fair question, right? Did, did your president breach your own college's standards for research misconduct? It's a, it's a very legitimate question. I think that's absolutely the case. And what we're seeing in higher ed in general is a growing pattern of research misconduct, declining academic rigor, but it's always one-sided. It's only uh, faculty and professors on the political left who seem to get away with this stuff. And Claudine Gay is just simply the latest example of many. And and the idea that it's racist, you know what I mean? Like this is the other crazy part about this, uh, that, that it's racist to bring out Claudine Gay and to try to hold her accountable for these things. I mean, that's just insane. The, Claudine Gay was being investigated by Harvard prior to even going before Congress. All this came out because her testimony was just disastrous. It was disastrous for Harvard. And I think a lot of alumni and donors and other people turned around and said, you just made the college look terrible. Uh, we are embarrassed here and she should have to go. And I think, look, let's face it. If Claudine Gay was a white guy, um, he would probably be out of a job at this moment. Well, that's the thing. I mean, all three presidents of MIT, Penn, and Harvard who spoke before Congress came under criticism because they essentially said the exact same thing. They basically tried to dismiss uh, genocide by saying uh, it depends on the context, as if this is uh, some way to, uh, to get them off the hook. But uh, all three presidents came under fire. It just so happened that Claudine Gay also had this separate issue of plagiarism that had been plaguing her career. And more and more people started looking into it. They discovered more evidence of it. And it's usually a pattern with these uh, types of cases. You'll find plagiarism in one document and you start checking their other articles. And it turns out it's something they've done many times over their career spread across several years. Dr. Bagnus, let me ask you, the, the, the idea now of freedom of speech on college campuses, because I, I found this to be amazing. You know, the, these colleges will throw out a student if they use the wrong pronoun, if they're fat phobic or any of these other little, you know, DEI terms. But when it came to this vile anti-Semitic speech on campuses and calling for genocide and everything, they doubled down on freedom of expression. But these people have been the absolute biggest censors uh, of all time. I mean, they have they have created a culture of censorship on college campuses where people are afraid to speak out. They've canceled lectures. They've canceled um, debates on things. They've canceled comedians on college campuses. And of course, they have given colleges speech codes, which many people pointed out by your own speech code. This speech that you allowed was in violation of that. So I just I, you know, I have a hard time as somebody who always defends the First Amendment feeling sorry for any of these presidents, considering that they created this very culture. And if you're going to censor people and then you you allow certain speech, you then get to be called out for the speech that you ultimately do allow. That's absolutely the case. And I think what we're seeing here is free speech is thrown out as a term of convenience by them when they're under fire. But they'll weaponize it. They'll use it as a bludgeon to shut down speech they don't like. The real standard that seems to uh, be what everything revolves around is whether their politics happen to align with a certain very narrow slice of woke political leftism that uh, certain people are trying to bring to campus as its main mission, an activist leftist mission. And as long as you're supporting that, you get the benefit of the doubt on any of these cases. But if you go against that, uh, they come down on you like a hammer. Now, the university became aware in uh, late October of allegations regarding three articles And Harvard said at President Gay's request, the fellows promptly initiated an independent review by distinguished political scientists and conducted a review of her published work. On December 9th, the fellows reviewed the results, which revealed a few instances of inadequate citation. 
While the analysis found no violation of Harvard's standards for research misconduct, President Gay is proactively requesting four corrections in two articles to insert citations and quotation marks that were omitted from the original publications. But that was before you uncovered another example of this. And that's what was tweeted out today by Christopher Rulo that you, uh, Dr. Magnus, had, had found this out today that she had done this again. Exactly. Exactly. It's something that uh, is not just three articles. It turns out to be a pattern. And, you know, if I were um, advising someone that was investigating this, I'd look at all 11 articles that she had published over her career because there's a good chance that there's probably something more out there. And, you know, Harvard says they did an investigation. Why haven't they released that investigation? Why is there no transparency? Why not say who these supposed experts are that they brought in to, uh, to vet her work? I mean, this is something that the public, I think, deserves to know at this point, given the way that they've represented it. That's a great point. Yeah. What was this investigation? Was it actually a real investigation or was it just a uh, kangaroo court here? It certainly sounds like it was a kangaroo court. She has vigorously defended her academic record and comments to the Boston Globe. She said, I stand by the integrity of my scholarship throughout my career. I've worked to ensure my scholarship adheres to the highest academic standards. That's obviously not the case. I mean, she doesn't even adhere to Harvard's own academic standards or at least the ones that they apply to students. Dr. Philip Magnus, I appreciate it. Cracks in the ivory tower, the moral mess of higher education. Before I let you go, uh, I think America got to see uh, right on display here the problem with the ivory tower, the problem with these elite uh, privileged universities. What what has been happening that led to this moment where these these once highly regarded institutions have now been exposed to America as breeding this kind of, of, of hatred? How did we get here? Well, part of it comes from a very sharp leftward shift in faculty ideology that's only taken place in the past 15 to 20 years. You know, colleges always used to be left of center, but uh, they've moved, they migrated to almost a monolith of leftist culture among faculty. And when you have that internal echo chamber, you quit applying standards of rigor to your own work. You quit applying it to your colleagues. Um, And suddenly, you know, everything is all about political activism, uh, supporting one single position on campus. And unfortunately, I think that's the position that we've reached right now, just due to a leftist monolith in the way that faculty hiring has been conducted. Mm. That's very, very scary for the future, no question about it, because then the students are going to have that same leftist uh, ideology when they graduate and then infect our corporations and, 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 and the culture. And it all, it all goes right there. It's, it starts there in colleges, and then it, uh, it expands. Absolutely, absolutely, and we're already seeing some of that. Dr. Philip Magnus, check out the book. It's excellent, Cracks in the Ivory Tower, The Moral Mess of Higher Education. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You know, I always tell you, uh, and I'll give you more of the breaking news around Hunter Biden as soon as I get back in our fourth and final hour here, but I always tell you, and don't forget Friday is the Grand Hotel of Cape May. I want to see you there on Friday. I always tell you about um, giving people gifts that they won't want to return. I think it's a very important thing to do. Right? Nobody needs another errand. Nobody needs another thing to do. So give them something that they're going to love and give them American quality at the same time. I'm talking about Omaha Steaks, omahasteaks.com. This is something for everybody on your list. Oh, it's great. And when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout, you get an extra $30 off your order. 30 bucks. Come on, it's a no-brainer. Omaha Steaks is from the American heartland. This is top-quality stuff here. All these steaks are aged 28 days to bring out the perfection. They're backed by an uncompromising guarantee. And there's something for everybody on your list there. There's surf and turf combinations. There's... Gourmet jumbo franks and burgers, and there's easy-to-prepare comfort meals, holiday dishes, 
you could send somebody a complete holiday, uh, complete holiday meal as part of your gift to them for this Christmas season. Just go to omahasteaks.com today. You'll see all of the wonderful ideas they have. They've put together a bunch of gift packages for you to make it super easy. You can even create your own. And they also have their private reserve collection. There's something there. But the key is Omaha Steaks, in an age right now where China is buying up all these farmlands and, and American conglomerate, you know, these big food companies, uh, Omaha Steaks is five generations of family-owned right in America's heartland. So everything you're getting is top quality. Immediately flash frozen perfectly. You could even sous vide it right in the, uh, in the packaging, if you like. These steaks come to you. They're beautiful. And when they're done right, and it's easy to do because they give you all the directions and all the steps, and you put the Omaha steak seasoning on them. You have the caramel apple tartlets. Ah, oh, you can tell I'm hungry. It's dinner time, right? OmahaSteaks.com. For everyone on your list, they will love it. Put in my name, Zeoli, at checkout. You have to do that. Very important, please. Z-E-O-L-I. Get $30 off your order. Do it now. Beat the shipping delays. Christmas is right around the corner. OmahaSteaks.com. Promo code Zeoli. Thanks for listening to the Zeoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. All right. So, made a lot of progress today. <laughs> the official inquiry into President Joe Biden, the impeachment inquiry has passed. That is the breaking news on the show today. What a show it's been. Holy cow. Friday, Cape May. Don't forget. I want to see you there. It's going to be fun. Um, but that's what happened. The House has voted to formalize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, making a pivotal moment in the GOP probe. Uh, the leadership obviously argued that this was necessary. The measure passed 221 to 212, with every Republican voting in favor of it and all present Democrats voting against. Light cheering could be heard on the Republican side of the chamber after the measure passed, with pin drop silence on the Democratic side. Quote from. Uh, Let's see. Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, who said we are now at a pivotal moment in our investigation. We will soon depose and interview several members of the Biden family and their associates about these influence peddling schemes. But we are facing obstruction from the White House. The White House is seeking to block key testimony from current and former White House staff. It is also withholding thousands of records from Joe Biden's time as vice president. President Biden must be held accountable for his his lies, corruption and obstruction, Comer said. We have a duty to provide the accountability and transparency that Americans demand and deserve. The GOP led committees on oversight, ways and means and the judiciary have been investigating Biden over accusations. He had leveraged his office of vice president in the Obama administration to enrich his family through foreign businesses. Obviously. And former Speaker Kevin McCarthy directed the House to open an impeachment inquiry into Biden in September. And now here we are today. Uh, Tom Emmer, the House Majority Whip, told Fox News Digital that the White House requested the House. Requested the House vote itself. I don't know what, what exactly that means, but White House sent a letter saying that the subpoenas Republicans had served will not be honored and we won't even be recognized without a full vote of the House. So. Our speaker has done exactly what I would expect he would do as a lawyer. We're going to honor that. We're going to go ahead and do a full floor vote. He knows we're probably going to have to go to court to enforce these anyway, so it might as well eliminate any of the objections that they have. Republicans were undertaking their vote because they recognized the gravity of impeachment proceedings, and they wanted to do it by the book. One member of Congress said, we don't want to minimize what it means to have an impeachment, which I think is what the Democrats did. We want to be able to have that tool to be a significant tool to hold presidents accountable. 
We don't want it just to be a knee-jerk reaction. Judiciary Committee member Ben Klein of Virginia said, I think the House Republicans will follow the facts where they lead. We'll make sure that we have the facts and that we present the facts to the American people. In a statement following the vote, Biden accused House Republicans of wasting time with political attacks and avoiding critical issues facing the nation. Quote, we have to address the situation at our southern border, and I am determined to try to fix the problem. We need funding to strengthen border security, and Republicans in Congress won't act to help, Biden said. Biden said he's also working to make sure inflation keeps going down and job growth keeps going up, but accused Congress of refusing to help him. He said instead of doing anything to help make Americans' lives better, they have focused on attacking me with lies. Instead of doing their job or the urgent work that needs to be done, they're choosing to waste time on this baseless political stunt that even Republicans in Congress admit is not supported by facts. Said a statement from Biden, which Biden, of course, did not write. And this, this happened today after Hunter Biden, of course, gave a big speech. We went into detail on that earlier today. A big speech where he uh, declared himself to be a victim. Evil, mean, MAGA Republicans who are going after him because they don't like the fact that he was a drug addict. And paid for prostitutes. And by the way, that was the most redeeming thing that Hunter Biden did. At least he paid them, unlike his taxes. But that little slap in their face today, refusing to comply with the congressional subpoena for the deposition, and then giving that big speech, that led to this moment here today. But Hunter's not off the hook because they're still going to go after him now for obstruction of Congress, which they should, since he failed to show up today for the deposition. And the president knew he wasn't going to show up. And the president knew that. And um, the whole thing was a joke. The whole friggin' thing was a joke. But now tomorrow we'll have a lot more to talk about as we get going with all this. I think there's a lot there. I'm glad they're doing it. I think it's very, very obvious what we're seeing here, which is that Joe Biden used his office to help his son. The big revelation today from Hunter Biden was that he said, my father was not financially involved in my business. What that is, is Hunter Biden's way of saying, yes, my father was involved in my business. And if I don't get a pardon, I'm going to sing like a canary. That's how my that's how I interpret it anyway. That was Hunter Biden's thinly veiled threat. I know you were involved. You know, I know you were involved. I'm not going to prison. So give me a pardon. My father was not financially involved in my business, but he was involved, right? Yes, he was. And that's the key. If you use your office as vice president to enrich your family members, whether you get money or not, and I believe Joe Biden did. But whether you get money or not is not the point. You've used your office to enrich your family members. They've impeached people for that in the past. They just did it to a judge recently. Jonathan Turley pointed that out. So Joe Biden, using the office of vice president, using his leverage for meetings and influence to help his son, meetings, phone calls, dinners, and then ultimately uh, holding a billion dollars of aid over Ukraine's head if they didn't fire the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma, the energy company that Hunter Biden was on the board of. Joe Biden doing all those things is an abuse of power. Whether he personally benefited or not, his family did. And that is absolutely unacceptable. All right, thanks for listening to the show today. We appreciate it very, very much. We will be live in Cape May Friday, 3 to 7. Well, Matt DeSanct, the traitorous, will be there. Henry, of course, will be getting ready to storm the Capitol on Friday, so oh, he won't please, be with us. Please don't, don't do that again. <laughs> You're going to be down a producer. I don't want to lose you, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to lose you. But those white vans outside your house, we're all getting a little nervous. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, man. A little bit nervous. You're nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs>
It's just jokes, government. We're just joking. They can't uh, take a joke. They can't take a joke. They have no freaking sense of humor, these people. Have a great rest of your night. The Great One, Mark Levin, is up next on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.